Oh, here's a Star Trek book. <laughs> Hearts and Minds, Star Trek The Next Generation. Is it a picture book full of CAT scans and echocardiograms from every actor who was ever on a Star Trek series? Star Trek Hearts and Minds. Yes, that would be awesome. Welcome to another exciting episode of the IO panel. I am the host of the the week, James. Uh, today is six 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 four twenty seventeen. I was testing your old you guys date logic. Is wow. it four is it four I'm six twenty seventeen? Rambling. It's six four twenty seventeen. Hmm. Debatable. Four six six four. <laughs> Shallow and pedantic. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> The peanut gallery has revealed itself. Uh, that is Evan, and the cackling fool is Michael. So good to have you guys back with me yet again. Uh, well, thank you, sir. We made it another week. How are you guys doing? Excellent. I would like to make you all aware of two purchases that I've made. Uh, in my left hand, I have some old Facebook Xeon processors that I will uh, put on a shelf instead of use practically. You said Facebook? Correct. Well, like they're they're confirmed being from a Facebook data center or something? They were designed for Facebook, yes. Designed oh. for Facebook. Correct. Uh, Base, you're gonna, you're gonna send them some documentation on that. Right? Well, they don't exist on the Intel Arc website. Uh-huh. However, they're based on a uh low voltage a Xeon L5630. However, they are a Xeon L5639 with a slightly higher clock speed and lower uh, power consumption. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I'm not surprised that you don't know that you know some large large corporations can uh, can get certain special processors from manufacturers. You know, that's someone. Uh, Who's in the business? To need to know. <laughs> need to know, to know. You know. Yeah. All right. Well. And my other purchase was one of those uh, macro wide-angle lenses for your cell phone. So I thought it'd be cool to take the concerts and everything. Little did I know, it's massive. So I'll show you guys on camera. The listeners at home uh, won't be able to see much, but look at this fucking thing oh my god what is (laughs) so for people at phone home it's basically a legitimate camera lens with a clip on it that clips onto your fan it's like the size of the phone almost pretty much yep uh but it does take huge (laughs) it does that's what she said it does take a pretty good wide angle photo so i will utilize it until it embarrasses me in front of bands who i've never met there you go all right well You've, you've met some of them. Some of them, yes. Okay. So it'll embarrass you in front of them, too. Touche, salesman. There you go. How you doing, Michael? All is not lost. Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. What frivolous purchases have you made this week? Mm. Show and tell. Share with the class. No, no. Can't, uh, 
Too embarrassing. Can't say I made any any purchases other than you know food and uh, food and fuel. All right, that's really it. Well, try try harder next week. Yeah, exactly. Outstanding. All right, good enough. Well, Michael and I, because we live low, we're close to each other. We hung out last night at a friend's house. Had a good time. Very exciting. Um, you guys like to get close to each other? You know it. Mm-hmm. Um, Feel that heat. <laughs> that's right. <Ugh>. Animal heat. <laughs> get the man sweats going on. <laughs> um, nah, but uh, yeah, we were at a friend's house at uh, at his birthday party. Pretty good. We we took I took my VR set up there and uh, through several hurdles and a new appreciation for Mac laptops. Um, we got it set up, uh, and people, many people played for many hours and had a great time. The, the, the owner of the home wrecked his, uh, big screen TV. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. He punched the TV. He didn't punch it. He kind of grazed the TV with, uh, with one of the controllers and broke the TV and there was like a burning smell and just a big mess. Oh man. So Yeah. It's pretty upsetting. It was birth- his happy birthday, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, you guys are supposed to keep me from hitting the TV. And I felt really bad because I was, he was close to TV, but he wasn't that close. And he just reached out and stabbed. He was stabbing ninjas and, you know. Shit got out of control. Yeah, shit got out of hand. It gets out of hand fast when those ninjas are involved. <laughs> so, you know, it's DMX says, my ninjas. Mm. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, good to be back on the show guys. Um, let's, let's jump into the news. I yeah. actually have a quick question. Oh, how, uh, how was the Mac laptop utilized? Um, so I asked Michael cause basically the problem was I brought my desktop there and they didn't have any hardline network connections in the front of their house near the TV where I needed to hook the computer up. So I just thought we're fucked because you have to be most of the games have to be on the Internet to play. But luckily, you know, we were able to get it all working. Um, I got everything hooked up and I asked Michael, I said, is there any way to like set up a proxy or something like and I thought he's going to be like, no, that's too, too hard and too, too impossible. I was like, can we get Wi-Fi and then come out RJ45 to the computer? You know, and he's like, yes. And I was like, holy shit. He's like, with a Mac laptop, you can. I guess you do it with a PC too, but you know, um, I've never done it before. I know there's internet connection sharing, whatever, but I've never done it. So, um, Michael and I, I knew I didn't think it could be done in that fashion where you could go out your RJ45 like to a hub or something. But we got the Mac laptop, and it was super easy. Like literally three clicks. It took no time at all, and then we just got it all set up. It was beautiful, and the PC got internet from there, and. Didn't have a didn't even need a crossover cable or anything crazy, and uh, I was able to <laughs> download the games cable. I didn't have. Yeah, I know, right? I'm so old school. Well, good. I just want to say uh, before you praise Apple too highly, Linux can also do that very easily. Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't have I don't have a Linux computer like most people though. That's fine. He's <laughs> like like un- unlike most people who do. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, well, of course, you know Mac is very Linuxy in its own mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. 
Unix-like. All right, Shalana. Um, all right, so who's got the first news story here? I think the, most of these are Mike. Is it Britney Spears story? Oops, I did it again. That's right. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, we can talk about her in a minute, though. She's a... But anyway, there's a... Um, so last week we talked about how British Airways, they had to cancel a whole bunch of flights and there were all kinds of delays and all kinds of stuff because there was a failure of their IT systems. So, apparently, oh, step on a power cable. Almost, they they <laughs> traced the problem to. Uh, they said a data center was shut down, or I don't know if it's the whole data center, or just part of it, or just five machines there, or whatever. But it says it was, it was triggered by a contractor accidentally switching off the power supply. Awesome. Yeah. So they say an investigation will now take place, but will likely focus on human error rather than equipment failure. Uh, Then they also go on to say British Airways will also have to answer why the company wasn't better prepared for power supply issues, especially after being accused of cost-cutting and outsourcing IT jobs. Yeah, where's your disaster recovery and and power redundancy, guys? Do Do we think that's really true? Just to lean the conspiracy bin here. Does that sound true to you? That 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 that's how that happened. That they weren't hacked and some skater skater or ICS system was just vulnerable, and someone got in and like hacked it. Well, I believe. Uh, does anyone know how long the issues lasted? Because if it's like you know some small server that everything kind of ties into. You know, if you have like a 20 minute outage while everything comes back online, I could see that, you know, maybe things have to come down, come up in a certain order. So you got to reboot other stuff. If he like powered off a mainframe and that takes an hour to come back and shit's all tied into that, it's possible. Where's the redundancy, though? Hey, that's my question. Or is all, are all the redundant machines at the same data center that got powered down? <laughs> They're all connected to like, the same power strip. They probably, don't on, have, yeah. or they probably don't have a redundant. Like a you know a backup site or whatever, part of their cost cutting measures. Yeah, it says they now face a compensation bill of more than 128 million U.S. dollars well, for the for chaos them. caused by the power supply problems. So they have to reimburse people. And, good for them. These companies you know. got to learn. They got to stop cutting staff and trying to be cheap. And there's certain things you can't be cheap on. And that's why. Mm-hmm. And and preparedness and and uh, cop coop <laughs> coop. Quebec? Continuity of government? Uh, Continuity like, of operations. Of operations. Uh, yeah, that, that's not um, that's not something you can skimp on. So, Well, fear not. I'm sure they will uh, pass on those costs to all the customers. Yeah. Yeah, they will. Yeah, Some extra, you know, $3 fee per ticket per, you know, over five years. That should pay for it. The, the house always wins, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so next up, this is just a little kind of a silly story. I probably shouldn't even put this in the news section, Ugh. but um some quote unquote good hackers took over a a public billboard and they just said, Hey, you should uh improve your security. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Like, sincerely, your friendly neighborhood hackers. And so is this was in this is in the UK. Okay. 
Yeah. So people were joking apparently there on Twitter and Reddit. People are like, they're like such polite young hackers. <laughs> they're like British manners. Yeah. They say, <laughs> they say, I wonder if the hacker was drinking tea as he did it. <laughs> and someone else said, I bet it was actually Canadians on vacation. No, they oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's so funny. so apparently these these things that are I'm not sure where these things are. I don't know if they're at a mall or something, but Liverpool One, whatever that is. Um You guys should know. You guys are like British, right? Um it could be a football stadium. Could be. Could be. Football meaning soccer. Could be. Could be. <laughs> um Yeah, so Whatever. Could it could it be something else, Mike? Could it be? It could be. It could be. It could be. Okay. <laughs> could it Just be checking. something else? Yes, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. The more the more interesting thing is that hashtag JFT ninety six. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some kind of political thing. Um, that is interesting. I I saw that. Um, it looks like it's some kind of, uh, something that happened back in the day. It looks like. Yeah. Back in. Presumably 1996. Yeah. Apparently actually it's no, no, it's uh, 1989. Oddly enough. Margaret Threat Thatcher. Am I reading that correctly? Could be. Could be. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking guy. Jesus. Okay, I'm not going to ask you any questions about anything anymore. <laughs> Ever again. Moving no, on. No, something called the Hillsborough Disaster. So, 96 football fans who died in the 1989 Hillsborough Disaster. Ah. So. Caused by electronic displays? <laughs> so- soccer ride or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, just some bullshit. But, um, and next up, we have a story out of the Great White North, aka Canada. Mm hmm. So, Canadian officials have been, um, warning that the U.S. is, uh, is apparently planning to demand cell phone and social media passwords. From foreign visitors. So if you're trying to enter the U.S., it's possible that the U.S. may start, or they may have already started, asking for your cell phone to be able to get into your cell phone, and even for, like, your Facebook password or your email password or something. Yep. So, A, that's going way too far. Correct. Uh, And, B, is there anything in there that says if it's, like, on... Persons of interest or universal, not that they would necessarily be that much different. Oh, it doesn't really say. Hmm. Like consequences of declining their kind offer. Like <laughs> well, I guess it could be denial of entry. <laughs> yeah, you could be turned away. I guess. Um. Yeah, and they said. So apparently in in Canada they have like pre pre clearance at certain airports or something. Mhm. So like if you're in Canada you can fly through eight 
eight major Canadian airports are are quote unquote pre cleared by US Customs and Border Patrol. So if you're coming from one of those airports, you can just come in? Yeah, or it's just like a, oh here you are, boom, stamp, see you right. later, you know. But they say even if you're coming from one of those, that wouldn't prevent this. Hmm. Yeah. That sucks. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is kind of troubling. I mean, you know, I guess you have to weigh trying to, quote-unquote, protect the country from people entering the U.S., but how much is a Border Patrol agent or whatever really going to be able to see on your phone? I mean, I don't think they're necessarily looking for anything... At that moment, I mean, quite po- it's possible they are. Um, but, I mean, how many people are going to surrender that information and then not change their password? So now they have access to some percentage of people. So maybe they can keep track of stuff in the future, and if something happens and they try to re-enter, then there's an issue, or they go on some other list. I don't know. I'm wondering if any lawyer will successfully argue that this is a human rights violation and it'll be stopped at some point. Probably not. Or invasion of privacy or something. I don't know. I mean, they can already search your, your person and any of your belongings when you enter the country. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just taking it to the next level, I guess. Yeah. And it doesn't apply to American citizens, right? So it's not, you couldn't argue like, Freedom of speech. Well, it's funny you say that because I don't remember if we talked about it on the show, but a while back, a guy who had been on vacation somewhere, I don't remember where he went, the Bahamas or something, it doesn't matter. He was coming back, and he's a U.S. citizen, works at NASA. They demanded that he unlock his his NASA-issued phone and show it to him when he re-entered the country. Ah, like, sir, that's an excellent wallpaper. Good choice. Welcome to America. And apparently, they they had it like they, I'll say they kept him in a in a interrogation room or something for like two hours while they had his phone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It seems a it seems like highly, highly, not legal, unconscionable, unconstitutional. And unconscionable. And un-American. Well, I think we need to do a little more research on this issue and come back to it at some point. But, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you guys. I think it's... When is this supposed to happen? It's fucked up. Assume now. Is it happening now? I believe there are samples of the form circulating on the interwebs. There's no way this will go through. Americans are fucking crazy. They'll rip this shit apart. People just don't know about it. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't necessarily apply to us. Although, if if we're coming from Canada, maybe it's, you know, like bulk collection, you still have to submit. Although, if you're an American citizen coming back, I don't know how easily they can deny you. Yeah, but that... If this happens, proof 
again and again, if this ha- if we start doing this, people will start doing this to us. And the last yeah. thing we want is like an American citizen to go to like China and they say you can't come in the country unless you give you give us your cell phone password. And yeah, just have your cell phone for like a half an hour. Like what? I'm American. Well, no, I mean just the fact that they would like, you know, you go somewhere to some countries and load something crazy on your computer. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll load some. Next thing you know, they say if you want to be in China, you need this app. You know. Do you remember when we used to do that at CSC? Like, oh, you want to connect your uh, perfectly secure contractor laptop to our network? Well, we have to uninstall your antivirus and put on our shitty antivirus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that. and my job now, they don't even allow non-government machines, you know? Yeah. At all. It's just like, no, no. And now they're starting to uh, develop a system where if the machine isn't one of ours, it'll it'll know. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, even if you plug it into the network, it's going to be like, nah. Yeah, port security or whatever. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it'll, because you're, because all the machines on the network now are going to need to have a special client installed on them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, have policies applied. It's going to make sure like, oh, is your machine up to date? You know, are you up to date on your patches? Are you up to date on your AV? Are you this? Are you that? Join the domain, blah, blah, whatever. Check all that stuff. I wonder if entering this country will ever require a full medical history. Oh, they get that every time you go through one of those body scanners. That's why I didn't go through them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that's why I berate the TSA agents as they pat my junk down. That's right. I just do it for kicks, for jollies. (laughs) He spreads. I've seen Michael do it. He spreads. (laughs) Takes he a wide stand there. He's like, I hope you enjoy this. I'm enjoying it. He gets fucking erect. That way, it's punishment for them. Every time they're just punished. They're like, oh, no, go through the body scanner. Like Michael's like, feel this fucking bowl, this fucking pork and beans, baby. Get in there. <laughs> he's like, while they're while they're doing it, he's doing kegels and making like deep eye contact. He's clinching. Yeah, he's <laughs> clinching. He's clinching, man. He's like, rub that coin purse, you bitch. He slaps the guy on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> While his exactly. arms are extended, so it's even more impressive. That's right. Yep. I just spit on the guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. How awful. <laughs> okay. Like, sorry, it's a habit. Yeah, exactly. Um, Show. Now we come to the... The hearts of the matter. No. Um, so if anyone hasn't heard by now, I'm sure this, this podcast is going to come out way after everyone's heard already. So, uh, there was a, another terrorist attack in the United Kingdom. Um, it was in London at the London Bridge. And <clears throat> so from what I understand, Seven people have been killed, 48 injured. Three assailants drove a van into a crowd of people on the bridge. Then they jumped out of the van and ran towards... So I think they're just running towards people on the bridge itself and just randomly stabbing people. And they also ran towards the... Right near there, there's an area where there's a bunch of bars and restaurants. And so they were stabbing people all around there. 
the cops came and they were telling everyone to hide, get down, get in the basement, do all this kind of wild shit. The cops finally came, though, and shot the three assailants. So all three assailants were dead. They're all wearing, all three were wearing fake suicide bomber vests, which is interesting. So they definitely wanted to be shot to death. I guess. Or, you know, up the terror. Mm-hmm. As they're running at people. I don't know. <clears throat> it's like, these are just road flares. No, but, uh. <laughs> it was packs of hot dogs. <laughs> Apparently they looked very, I mean, the. In the the video on that mm-hmm. on the link you have the guys like it looked fake you know so really and you see if you see the, look at the picture down there where they have the guy laying there being shot by the cop yeah it looks like some kind of duct taped mess you know what I mean it just you know but in the heat of the situation from a distance well you, yeah you get treated exactly. as it's real exactly and uh, in the article I was I linked to the one of the witnesses say. They were yelling, this is for Allah. Hmm. As they went stabby, stabby. Yeah. I wonder uh, how that would play out in some random city in the U.S. Just in regards to gun laws. Depends what random city. Yeah, <laughs> what random, yeah that's, that's where it depends. Fucking Dallas, Texas, or fucking Fort Worth. I mean, or if something. it's you know, London's pretty big, so either DC or Dallas or Los Angeles, probably the same exact or way. Miami. I, bet, I guarantee an identical way. They you don't think uh, there's, there's a citizen? more police? There's things more police per capita here in big yeah. cities than in London, but and they're all armed. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. I don't think that. Um. I don't think that it would have made that much difference, you know, unless you went to yeah. Texas or Montana or something. Yeah, I mean, the citizens in the UK are generally not armed. Um, here in the US, like we said, it just depends on what city. Like in DC, you're not allowed to carry a gun around. Mm-hmm. In Maryland, you're not allowed to carry a gun around. Maryland, you can get a permit to do it, but it's so rare that anyone actually gets one. So chances are nobody's just standing around happens to be out on a Friday night or whatever and has it's a gun. Not, yeah, you're not allowed to have your gun. If you're at, out on a Friday night, you're probably going to a bar or something. So you're probably you're not allowed to have your gun in a in a in a in a, rest, in a place that sells alcohol. Unless it's a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So So it just depends. If it was Miami, maybe they're the you know, that's Florida, so of course that's the South. So <laughs> as you know, Evan, um anything goes in the South, so you're you're lucky, you know. People can't just—it's almost like the purge down there, you know. You're lucky you can't just like <laughs> go around shooting people, you know. But yeah. uh, I mean, you saw that George, whatever guy, he got a—he got off. Oh yeah, George Zimmerman. Yeah, yeah, in Florida. Um. So anyway, but so this is the third terror attack in the UK in three months. The first one was actually very similar to this first one. It was a car and knife attack in Westminster. The second one, of course, was less than two weeks ago, the Ariana Grande concert, the bombing, which was in Manchester. So this shit is whack, man. Yeah. Craig is whack. Every time I hear Ariana Grande, I think of Taco Bell. Yeah, me too. 100%. 100%. Um, 
but I mean, so I, I didn't know Michael had put a, put a thing about this. So I also kind of researched this when I posted it up there. I've added a link in the show notes of basically the same exact story. This one is printed, was printed earlier, uh, printed early this morning. So, um, or I guess early this morning, UK time. And, uh, it's a little different. Maybe there's a few different notes on it, but some of the things that stood out to me, this stood out for me to this is for this to me. That's it. That's what, that's what you're supposed to say. Wow. (laughs) Some some of the things that stood out about this to me was the, you know, obviously these guys were like, this is for our law, this is for our law, this is for our law, whatever. Okay. But we kind of become so stigmatized as a whole world that if you say something a la, it's terrorism immediately and not just like assholes with knives. So these guys basically took a car, ran over a bunch of people, then got out of the car and started stabbing people. You know, um, well, what's what's terrorism? Right? That's I mean, a great question. But it seems like every anytime you say, you know, Allah Akbar or whatever, you know, you're immediately a terrorist, you know, and, and I'm not saying that that's not if you're running with a knife and you're saying Allah Akbar or this is for God, this is for Allah or whatever. If you're saying that in a crowd of people and stabbing them with fucking bomb vests on, it's clearly it's clearly terrorism, I guess that's what that means now you know but yeah it just doesn't necessarily mean you're representing a terrorist organization yeah i mean terrorism has kind of become like a buzzword it's like saying it's in the cloud or it has (laughs) machine learning you know it's like okay what does that mean like we don't even know what it means anymore it's something governments say well that to scare us further you know like i just looked it up here on good old wikipedia so what is terrorism right they say it's a term used in its broadest sense to describe the use of intentionally indiscriminate violence as a means to create terror or fear in order to achieve a political, religious, or ideological aim. See, I feel like they should take the power away from these guys. Like, if I was president, I would spend my entire four years taking power away from these guys. It's it's like you change you change a term to take its power away. Like there's um, another podcast to listen to that's about true crime. Whenever a prostitute's killed, like they never use the word prostitute. They say sex workers and they, they say um, there's another term. Someone told me at work, they were like, yeah, you don't, you didn't quit smoking. You're tired of smoking, you know, like, so the, basically the whole thing is you change the meaning, you change the word or you decide not to use a word because Words have psychological impact. You know what I mean. So terrorism is a scary ass word. It, it can mean, and it's very empty. It doesn't. We don't know what it means. Like, yes, we literally know what it means. But you know, a guy who drives a bus into a crowd in Belgium, he's a terrorist. You know, a kid, kids who go and shoot a bunch of people in school for no fucking reason because they're crazy. That's kind of terrorism, right? I guess, sort of. You know, um. A guy goes in a shooting spree in a school in San Bernardino or high school. I mean, his work in San Bernardino is terrorism. You know, you blow up a bunch of soldiers with a fucking IED vest on. Is it terrorism or war? I guess it's a terrorism. Maybe it's war because they're legit targets. I don't know. But, right. you know, so it's like the word. I feel like that's that that word makes people powerless. You know, that's 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 what I'm trying to say. And we talked about this briefly before the show. And I was like, what about? You know, what about 
guys who basically have a dangerous car accident, uh, intentional car accident, and then get out with cosplay on and a bunch of knives that, of course, on first glance, you're going to be like, they have their bomb vests on. But then they get out with knives and they start yelling, this is for Allah. What about that terrifies a large group of people and makes them powerless against three guys, you know, like unless they were walking around with machetes. And and look, I'm not trying to take away like loss of life or whatever. I'm not trying to say that that's not important or serious or whatever. I'm just saying that somehow we became like so vulnerable to this stuff and so weak to it, you know, like that's what I take away from this. And the funny thing is governments use this. They're using it, you know, to take our ship, our rights away. If you watch the video that I posted in my link, Theresa May talks, and it's a very rousing speech. It's the kind of speech you get from politicians every time a terror, something horrible happens, which is basically like it comes in four points. We have a problem. We are working on on several fronts to address the problem. The problem is not our fault. And the problem is these people's faults. So she covers all those points. And at the last point, she says the problems, the, basically the part where she says the problem is these people's faults, she blames internet companies. She says the problem is because internet companies give a safe space to terrorists. You know? Mm. To me, that is a slippery-ass slope. And she, a politician just doesn't say something just to say it. You know? She's saying that, and she made that the cornerstone of her talk. You know, I feel like I feel like everything else was just kind of like fluff. And then she slipped that part in. Then she closed with this, like, God save the queen, you know, rah, rah, British government shit. But, you know, she she said that at the end. And I was like kind of taken aback. I was like, whoa, she's this is like kind of an aggressive anti-internet stance. And I'm not saying that terrorists should be able to spout their garbage everywhere, but I'm saying we don't have the technology to strain out one type of garbage from another type of garbage, you know? So, and there's a lot of garbage that like, you know, like I don't want to see my dad boy memes go away. <laughs> you know, we don't like, none of us want 4chan to go away because there's things that you might find objectionable on there or whatever. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's all the point I'm trying to make. I don't mean to go on like a long rant. Well, along with that, um, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but Certain people in the UK are trying to make it so that if a company or I think it's just ISPs basically want to do business in England and around the UK, that they have to provide uh, essentially an unlimited backdoor and unencrypted access uh, to the government and so see, they that, can monitor everything. And see, that makes that makes sense to me from what she said, because she kind of, if you listen to the talk, it kind of sounds like she's saying they're not working with us, but they need to work with us. You now, know? conspiracy theorists, which turned on, you think a clandestine group from the, from the UK government had, could have had anything to do with this. A false flag, my man. Perhaps. Could uh, be. Could mayhaps. be. I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I feel you there. Like, when you said that, I was like, false flag, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, this is an inside job. Bush did this, you know. <laughs> um, I kind of uh, thought that when I read the read the part where it's they're like, yeah, I heard someone say this is for Allah. I was like, either the witness who's, who heard that, who was quoted in the article, was a plant, you know. And just, you know, maybe that didn't really happen. Or 
maybe it did really happen, and like you said, it's a whole it's a whole fl- false flag thing. Or they were so, the most proper ter- proper British born terrorists ever. So yeah. here, here's the thing, and I think we talked about this before. Pardon I think, me. I think maybe step, 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 step. these false flag operations that have uh they have like groups of whole groups of special actors who their whole job is to like be be the crying mother or the victim the father's victim the victim's father or whatever you know and they had these false flag people and and there's a website out there that cites like this person's here and it shows the same people over and over and over again you know they Um, showed like the same people at various school shootings pretending to be parents and whatnot exactly so i don't know how much of that's true or not i mean obviously it's a conspiracy so we we have no idea and i'm not trying to take away from somebody's loss but at the same time you know i always think about the islamic uh extremist agenda and i think how tenable is this in the long term like if i who am a a a 39 year old uh tech school graduate with no college education think that going running into a crowded school and blowing up a bunch of kids or running, driving a car down the street, running over people and then stabbing people. If I think that that's not going to forward any agenda except for hate, malice, and to leverage an entire country's populace against you, what must they think? Like, even if you love Allah and you think this is the only way, like, what motivates you to be like, that's the only way? Like, you have to see the end game because you have to see how would I react to that? Like, Maybe people don't think that clearly, but it can't be. It can't be, you know, out of a hundred terrorists, future terrorists, some of them have to think like that and say, "Hey, what's the long game here?" You know, like ones are probably weeded out early on in the process. Like, oh, you're asking too many questions. We're just going to kill you right now. No, but even the bosses must know. Like, what do they think is going to happen? You know, and and these guys. I don't think these guys are part of any cell. I don't think the guy who who blew up Ariana Grande was part of his cell. I think it's somebody who's like, I think this is the right thing to do, you know? And they're like, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to just do this, you know? But dude, I, you know, like the guys who plan a bomb and leave, I think those guys are real. I think they're legit because I think human, the the power to survive in human nature is very strong. But the guys who like, I'm going to do this and let Allah take me. Those guys, I just can't, like even fathom like how can you find three people like i can barely find three people to join my star citizen org who want to play <laughs> star citizen how the fuck can you find three people who want to grab a knife run people over see their dead bodies then go up and close and stab someone dude do you know how fucking hard it is to stab a person like do you know the, the fucking mental shit that it takes to get up within like fucking four feet of distance and get close to a person and see a person writhing in plain as you slide the blade into their flesh. Flesh is not that hard to fucking go through with a knife. You got to put some weight behind it. You got to feel you feel that hot blood in your hands. Dude, there's something there. You got a person got to be in a certain fucking headspace to do that shit. And you found three people to do it. That's crazy. How's it possible? So James, let me ask you, what does that say to you? about the quality of Star Citizen, where it's easier to find people to kill other people than it is look, to find people to play look, a video game. Even you, you've sunk so low, Evan, as to find, <laughs> as to take loss of these poor people and use it to take a shot, to take a shot at me. Well, here, slow clap for you, sir. Okay? Thank you very much. 
Terrible, oh, terrible. Yeah. Mm. Oh, next. it's me. I'm next. <laughs> okay, so uh, I because I have prattled on for such a long time, I'm going to go pretty quickly here. So MIT did a study saying that 3,000 ride-sharing cars could replace every cab in New York City. So um, there's about, uh, this article says 13,000. The other the thing I heard said 16,000. But let's say 13,000. There's 13,000 taxi cabs in New York City that are all doing random things. They had, they, MIT says with a, with a, with a good enough AI managing the whole system, uh, Lyft and Uber could run an entire, could, could cut 75% of the traffic jam out of New York City. Uh, by doing extreme ride sharing. So I'm trying to be very fair with this because I think most people will find extreme ride sharing unpalatable. You know, it's not something they want to do. Like but, nine people in a minivan? Yeah, yeah, basically that's what they're talking about. You know, they, they, they mentioned here they say 10, 10 person vans or something like that, or 20 person, 20 something, like some, some, 10 or 15 person vehicles, like basically buses, Econoline bus, buses or whatever running around. Um, so I don't think most people want to do that. But I find this really interesting. I think this is something we've all known for a while is that our, everything we do as people that we've built up over time um, is very inefficient and a computer could do it way better. So they have this cool little heat map. Uh, it's a heat map GIF down at the bottom that shows like, you know, current traffic and how they could fix it and all this kind of stuff. It's very interesting. Cool story to take a look at. You know, this is something we all know, but raises some interesting questions. You know, like what's going to happen to all the taxi cab drivers? You know, what's going to happen to, and, and actually going back f- to Mauritania. Basically. Mauritania well, they do pay like a million dollars for their cab license or some huge yeah. amount of money. Yeah. I mean, this is not going to happen anytime soon because, you know, human beings are super slow to move on anything. But um, I think that this, you know, so it's not MIT. It's some private group. And I'll have to find a link and put it in the show notes if I remember. But they put a uh, they wrote an open letter to the government basically saying, hey, here's how we prepare for the future. Here's how we make America future forward and continue innovation here here. Um, and we keep America as a leader. And basically it was like, we need to embrace machine learning. We need to embrace AI. We need to embrace um, robotics. We need to make ourselves a leader in those fields. We need to encourage STEM STEM studies for kids. Um, we need to embrace the technologies and things like letting the MIT, this MIT system work in New York, you know, and places, other things like that. We need to embrace that technology because that's going to keep us a leader. And, they sent it to the Trump uh, president, to the Trump White House, and it was kind of like, they don't, I mean, of course, who knows? Maybe it was Reddit. We don't know. But um, the the guys who I saw the video, they were like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're getting right on that. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, the environmental denier and science denier. I'm sure he's like right on top of it. So I don't know. But it's funny because Michael and I read a book just recently called uh, Change Agent. Where the whole the beginning premise of the story was the main character was an American who was now living in Singapore because America was so bogged down in religious in religious value and what that meant to what that meant to science that it lost its scientific edge and now it was just not even a, a, a player on the main stage anymore 
You know, now all the tech, all, all the tech jobs and tech, everything was in Singapore now in that book. And I thought that'll never happen, you know? Yeah. Right. But, but honestly, I look now with, with, with someone like Trump being president and, you know, not to knock anybody who likes Trump or whatever, but someone like Trump being president, that's probably possible. You know what I mean? Like we could, we could see ourselves in that world if all, all these right things happen to make it happen. So what other books stuff. did we read that's also, also had that happen? Um, I don't know. The Baba verse. Oh yeah. The Baba verse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I would rather take a bus, like a normal public transportation bus than a packed super shuttle any day. So maybe if they can start using more like normal buses that already exist instead of cramming people into vans. I mean, and they could even limit the amount of people that are allowed to get on a bus. They have to make more, but I think they'd have less complaints if that's even an issue. Um, I think that makes good. Well, I was going to say as for um, all the tech jobs going to Singapore, because this is the U S turns into a, a, like religious zealot of a country, or I don't know if I'm using the right word, but I think Mike Pence was talking to, he said a couple of things. Number one, he was like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Republican and I'm, I'm vice president in that order. Oh so, yeah. They something a, like that. They yeah. did a whole, they have a compilation of him saying all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then he also <laughs> apparently did an interview uh, within the last couple of days. Um, which I think James will touch on later, perhaps uh, having to do with climate change and the whole Paris Accord, where he's like, I don't understand why climate change is such a hot topic with all these Democrats and the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what? That's how they most, that's how most of them think though. That's, it's pretty sad actually that that's where we're at. Like, it's like everything that's really bad about, it's a whole nother show. Honestly, but yeah, yeah you, you're and, on the at, same page. At here. least one other politician has said, if there's a real problem, God will take care of it. Mm-hmm. So those people are, they have influence. Yeah, sadly. Like a sadly. lot of it. Jesus yeah, they take weren't, the wheel. They weren't nobodies before <laughs> Trump came along. They were they were yeah. still in political office. They were still somebody. <laughs> Trump didn't make them important. They were important before him. So we have a lot of those people in, in office, sadly. I'm hoping that in the next 20 years we'll be able to change because... A lot of the assholes will die off, and a lot of climate change. New people will be coming into office, and things like that. It's possible. A new generation. I'm just sad that I'll be very could old be. when it happens. It could be, yeah. Unless the, as we've talked about before, the replacement generation are just the proteges of the people currently in power. Mm-hmm. Well, true, but I mean, at some point, that's gonna. It will all die. They'll all die off. Maybe it'll be sixty years, but. You know, they'll all die off and we'll have a generation of people who grew up with iPads and grew up with the Internet and grew up with, you know, climate change and knowing it's knowing its real impact and having they'll have even more data to back them up than we have now. Yeah. You know, they'll have 120 years of data or something compared to now we have like, you know, 100 years or 60 years or whatever. So but on the on the car thing, I think they need to make like no car zones like like if you live in a city. And you're driving like, oh, I'm driving uptown. Nah. You need right. to fucking take the train. You know, they need to have a no-car zone. You only have your car if you're leaving town. Or you have all the cars are parked outside outside of Manhattan in a big, like, mega car thing or something like that. 
They do have something sort of that could be maybe early stages of that in London where like certain zones of the cities are taxed differently based on what kind of vehicle you have. So like if you have a certain size car, you, you can, you either can't go in this certain zone or you can, but you pay like an extra hundred pounds a month in tax to be able to, to go in there. Or if you have like what equates to a moped, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Hmm. You do what uh, Singapore does. They uh, artificially constrain the market. Yeah. It's like you pay $100,000 for your driver's license. Uh, Or a license to buy a car. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you buy a new... Let's say you buy a new Honda Civic for $20,000, but then you need to pay an additional $20,000 to register it. Yeah. Or something... That's some gang, as you would say, like gangster shit. That's right. That's right. So, but they have an excellent public transportation system. Yep. Which a lot of our big cities do have a good, I'll say a good, I don't know if it's excellent, but a good public transportation system, but not every place does. In the yeah. United New States. York's so pretty good. DC's pretty good. I assume, you know, yeah. like San Francisco is pretty good or something like that, but, uh, but don't you have the vibe? The vibe when you do the when you use the metro system in DC or the system in New York, you're like, this is a skeevy place where people have been murdered. I like, don't, I don't really... think they have that in Singapore. I think in Singapore they're like, hmm, this is nice. I could eat in here, you know. I I don't know what they spend on metro in DC versus what they spend on you know whatever train system and public transport they have in Singapore. But whenever I I like the metro, it's fairly convenient. You know, I I when I lived there, I didn't take, um, you know, advantage of it to the extent that I probably should have to just go around. But they're all like old and dirty. You know, if it was all you know, well, they're, well, they're bullet trains and stuff. Then well, they're replacing cool. all the cars now. With no, are they replacing the brown tile in all the stations and the concrete tube to make no. it look like a fun place to chill? They need to see. The, no, that's the, that's part of the part of the aesthetic. <laughs> I think I think we have good systems, but I think we're missing something that they have going on in Japan and a lot of other places that I've been is cleanliness. You know, and there's like like it's one thing to get from good to excellent, like is a huge gap, and to get to good, good is like I got there on time. Excellent is like, I got there on time, and everything smelled nice, and the people were nice, and I felt good. It's like going to Chick-fil-A, right? You go to Chick-fil-A, you go through a drive-thru, the white girl is like, hey, how you doing? I'm Cindy, <laughs> and blah, 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 here's your food, have a great day. And you're like, you're like, oh, I feel like a human being. Then you go to McDonald's, and God forgive me, I'm not trying to be a racist, but there's just a difference in that, and I'm just going to be honest with it. There's a difference in the staff, but you go there, and... The Hispanic person, or, or I'll say this: the low, the low income to middle income person who's working there, no matter what their race is—black, white, Spanish, or otherwise—seems like they want to put a fucking knife through their temple, and they hate <laughs> their life, and they hate you for being there right then at that time. But at, at for some reason at Chick Fil A, people at Chick Fil A are like, you know what? I was at college today getting my degree in chemical engineering 
working on my doctorate. And I said, you know what? I'm going to come into work today and bring a little happiness here because after this, I'm going to my yacht. And I don't know why it feels that way, but it does. It feels like they're so happy because their lives are so great. And everyone at McDonald's and every other fast food restaurant just wants to fucking shove a pike to their brain. They just, they're like, you know, you go there, you get shit service. They just fucking look at you. They don't understand the fuck you're saying. They don't give a shit. And I hate to say it. It's not a race thing. It's just like, I don't know. You know, but that's the difference between good and excellent. McDonald's the is people, they look in the mirror every day and they say to themselves, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. Maybe they do, but it works. Whatever they're doing, it works. They <laughs> have excellent service. That's they why have... they can get away with having three chicken sandwiches, and that's all they have in their fucking menu. And don't forget <laughs> the delicious waffle fries and strong Christian values. Well, hey. And yet, Chick-fil-A is not a place I ever want to go to. Probably for all the reasons you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I well, they do the have Christian... excellent... Waffle fries and milkshakes. All the rest of their stuff sucks. Yeah, their their chicken sandwiches are good though. I mean, the chicken is okay. Guess, guess Everything if you, if else. If you like chicken sandwiches, then yes. Yeah, there's no variety. All the all the bread tastes awful to me. You got to be in a chicken sandwich headspace. Yeah, but yeah, and maybe the Christian values are why the Christian values. I think it's the leadership. And maybe the leader's values, he has good work ethic, so he forces that down everyone else's throat. So they do, I don't know. We're not talking about this is a Chick-fil-A podcast, but you know what I mean. Do you know Chick-fil-A franchises are incredibly cheap to uh to get, assuming you're picked? Like ten thousand or you know, a quarter uh, or sorry, not a quarter million, like twenty five thousand people apply to be a franchisee every year and they select like three hundred people and Chick-fil-A corporate finds the location, builds the property, and as the franchise owner slash operator, you have to work there as your full-time job for some period of time. But as opposed to costing, you know, a quarter of a million dollars to open a 7-Eleven as a franchisee, uh, Chick-fil-A costs 10 grand. Hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's cool. So they're, Maybe, I don't know they're a good company. I don't know what Chick-fil-A employees make, but that's maybe that's why. Maybe they're it happy because be. they get paid, well paid. I don't know what it is. I wonder what it is. Hmm. We'll have to do some market research. We do. Put that. Stephanie, put that on the aisle panels <laughs> list. Stephanie's our new intern. She takes care of everything around here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was going to make a dirty joke, but I'll let yeah. it pass. Yeah. We all made it in our heads, don't worry. Yeah. All right, what's the uh what's the next uh topic of discussion here? Oh, um Kofifi. <laughs> Kofifi. So I'm just gonna mention this very quickly. I love the picture in the article. <laughs> I feel like this is what Trump's keyboard looks like. <laughs> um But yeah, so this whole Kofifi thing was just like a, a huge mess. I'm pretty sure he said who can figure out the true meaning? Uh, I mean, he said, I'm pretty sure he said, um, in light of all the negative press coverage, I'm sure that's what he was trying to say, coverage. But then it's like the Trump, the Trumpness of the whole thing, he doubles down and he's got his whole cabinet doubling down. So he says, after he said that, then he said later, who can figure out the true meaning of Kofifi? Enjoy. You know, like <laughs> he's doubling down. Instead of saying, instead of ignoring it and 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 letting everyone acknowledge it was a gaffe, 
let the internet make a big deal of it. Instead, he's to double down. Like, and I don't really know why. And then Sean Spicer says, um, when he's in an interview, he says, um, the president and a few close internal people know what he's talking about. And I was like, come on. Why are you doubling down, you fucking clown? (laughs) You know, it's just a crazy thing, man. It doesn't make any sense. You know, Um, I really didn't get that at all. And I thought that was like kind of funny. And it just it says so a few people. The other thing I want to mention is a few people are going ham on this whole thing. You know, Um, one particular guy, Phil Larigo, he's a tech uh, blogger, tech writer, whatever, for ETC News. And he said he went on this like 45 minute tangent about how um, Kofifi is a sign that Trump is bad for the bad for the United States because he could easily lose his phone and button press launch codes and do all kinds of stuff. And he pointed at a couple times when Sean Spicer put his passwords in and his dual factor, uh, uh, dual factor authentication thing or something, you know, but uh, I, I think, I think that's over. I think it's going overhand. I know that uh, overboard, I think, I know a lot of liberals really want, you know, like, these guys all die in a fire and they want to find a million reasons, but they're doing exactly what Republicans did when Obama was in the office. They just harped on every little fucking thing. This is clearly a gaffe, but Trump's doubling down. That's the, that's the problem here. That says everything we need to know about Trump, that he doubles down on ridiculous things because he doesn't want to look bad. Like that's the most important thing to him is not looking bad. Um, Do you think uh, along with not looking bad, he obviously wants people to, care about him and think about him and he likes seeing his name in the news and everything. Do you think he would flip out if nobody showed up to the press conferences for like three months? Like not a single reporter was there. Empty room. Yeah. He would lose his shit. (laughs) He would lose his fucking mind. He would like declare war on the Washington post. Yeah. He would. Because he, he, that's very important to him. You're, you're absolutely right. He, He, the, the, he loves like that's probably his favorite thing about being president is like the positive or negative press. It does not matter to him. You know, he, right. just, he loves to be in the news. He loves to be in the public eye. He wants to be seen. I think he does want he does want people to like him, you know, and I think that's why he does stuff like this, because he could have been gone negative and said, hey, get fucked. But he didn't say that. He said, "Ooh, let's play a game like he's trying to turn it into this fun game, you know. And it's just dumb, you know, just, you know, but, and all of this is make him look stupid and make us look stupid by, you know, con, you know, tenuous connections. So whatever. Like I strung two words together that kind of work, but not really. Let's, let's go with connection. it. I'll tell you what, listeners, James and several close confidants know what he meant to say. That's right. <laughs> That's this right. article that you linked to. I want to know, did they misspell a word in the in the title on purpose? Um, What's the source? NPR? Probably. What's the misspelled word? Can I clarify? World? Yeah, world. I, I assume they did. It's NPR. I well, mean, they typo. are it's liberal not, cucks. It's not, <laughs> it's not a... They're not mocking him, you say? <laughs> I say they're mocking him. Could be. God damn it. Ah. Uh, he said Twitter, this uh, this uh, author, you know, the guy who wrote the article said, 
Twitter runneth over with questions, speculation, gifts, and jokes. Yeah, there's some really good jokes out there. Yeah. There's a Samoan translation of Confifi that means uh, I, collu- I colluded with Russia to become the president. <laughs> and somehow they like tricked Google's machine learning algorithm for for Google Translate into into temporarily making that what that word means in Samoan. <laughs> yeah. awesome. So for a while this week you would search that and it'd be like, oh, this is what Confivi means. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, so what do we got next? I week? added one last oh, yeah. thing here. Um, I just saw this this morning. SpaceX has been, you know, reusing their rockets. <coughs> so they've been launching things and then landing the rockets safely. Mm-hmm. So they launched something yesterday using one of their Falcon 9 rockets to the International Space Station. They launched, uh, you know, a thing with cargo. And, but the thing that made this flight interesting is that it's the first time they reused a cargo container. So one that had already been to space and came back. They've been reusing the rockets now. They've done that twice, I think. Um, but now they reused one of the one of the actual cargo cargo containers. Six thousand pounds of cargo. That's awesome. So, Do you know if it was like engineered to be reused? Like, is this the second time it was ever used, or was someone like, "Hey, let's try using it more than once, see what happens." I doubt anybody at SpaceX does that. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Uh, I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's part of the plan. You know, because mm-hmm. that's one way to get costs down. They're trying to reuse things. So I was curious, like, what makes this one special? It doesn't have a guidance system that will land it on a platform in the ocean. Is it just like extra durable or super cheap? Or I guess if it were super cheap, they would just toss them. So maybe right. it's just extra durable. Quite robust. Although these, uh, just so you know, the rockets now have been landing um, on land. Right. So like this one, this rocket touched down. It says that the company's landing site at Cape Canaveral called Landing Zone 1. Creative. Now you know. What's the what's the one where the shuttle was? Launch complex thirty nine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do they have one through thirty eight? I mean, you're asking too many questions. About to get disappeared. Yep. All right. Well, good for them, and good for our future. Yep. And good, good old, for uh, good old SpaceX. Is that uh, Elon Musk? It is. Man, that guy's just killing it right now. One, huh? one of his many children. Yep. I don't know how he does it. He's what must his calendar look like? It's ridiculous, right? Does he sleep? He's probably one of those guys who sleeps like three hours a three hours every every two days. And he's like, who needs to sleep? Is he on like some NZT forty eight crazy super secret scientific stimulant? Like makes your brain work twice as good, and you don't have to sleep for more than three hours a night. Do, do you guys it watch... makes your dick huge? 
Does anybody watch <laughs> um, Silicon Valley? I watched like the uh, three or four episodes of the first season and lost interest. Well, in this season, the one of the main, well, not one of the main, one of the like sub subplots in this thing was uh, the main character is working with the quote unquote. He's like an Elon Musk creator of Google slash uh, Silicon Valley CEO type character. Um, but he 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 his appearance reminds me of Elon Musk. And he's like, yeah, I have. A... He's like he's in a meeting with the main character and this guy walks in. He looks like a personal trainer. He walks in like with he's pushing this cart with these two couches on it. And he goes in, he like injects the main, he injects the character, he like puts up, sets up a, a, a IV line and everything. Then he sits down next to him, puts an IV line in his own arm, and then turns on the machine and he starts giving a fucking <laughs> blood transfusion to the, to the character. And the main character's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, oh, this is Brett. He's my blood boy, you know? <laughs> He's like, and he, he mentions this like very complex, like high tech term. He's like, you don't know about blah, 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 dynamics. He's like, this is all the rage. He's like, I'll live. He's like, I will live 180 years, you know? And he's like talking about this. He's like, he's like, and he's like, I will only live 120 years now, but with Brett's blood, I'll live 180 years. It's great. He's like, and I feel great after and he gets up he starts jumping around he's like yes you know whatever and i was just like that's and and i was like of course there's all kinds of weird shit out there that we don't know about that rich people do probably do that is know? actually a thing that is happening yeah, in real time there you go yep so get your transfusion. Give me a blood boy stephanie <laughs> didn't they have that in uh in mad max the new one Never saw it. Mm-mm. No, I, I saw. I did see it, but I don't really remember that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah well, he yeah, was yeah. a blood bank or something. The yeah, guy, blood bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not calling the guy a blood bank. Yeah, he's calling a blood bag or yeah. Yeah. Witness yeah, me. <laughs> Move on to some uh, some security news here. Sure. So, originally reported on April tenth of this year. A uh, a flaw of sorts was found in Google Chrome versions 59. Um, it's so Google took a look at it and was like, "Yeah, it's not a security flaw in our eyes, so we're not going to immediately patch it." But uh, you know, we'll we'll look into fixing it in the future if we have time. So what it is is an issue or sort of a loophole with something we're all familiar with, uh, WebRTC, which is how Google Hangouts works, which is how Zencaster worked when we used that. Is that um, theirs? WebRTC, no. It's it's sort of maintained by a separate organization, okay. um, like a coalition, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's just a bunch coalition of... Coalition of the willing. Yeah, it's a bunch of JavaScript uh, APIs, you know, sort of packaged together. Um, so if anyone has not used Google Hangouts, the first time you use it, your browser prompts you for uh, access to your microphone and webcam. You can accept or deny both. 
accept one, deny the other, have it ask you every time, or just say, remember my decision, never ask me again. So the way that this can be exploited is if you are subject to, say, a malicious website, let's call it that, and it pops up a headless version of the browser, which is fully capable of interacting with the, you know, the JavaScript and HTML, whatever is on there, but it's a browser instance that has no user interface, but still has all the functionality. So the way that you know that WebRTC is specifically recording your audio and video is apparently there is like a red dot that's indicative of a record button on old tape recorders and stuff in the browser tab. But if the browser tab, quote unquote tab, has no user interface, you don't see it, but it's still recording. So that was not deemed a security flaw. Um, but once again, Google says they will look into how to fix it. Hmm. Hmm is right. It's funny. So, I was just, I was just looking at some WebRTC stuff because I was trying to. Me too. Pretend to to do something, and uh, <laughs> I was going to try to. I was trying to get. I was trying to do a web, run WebRTC in in uh in C sharp code for VR. I was trying to get the launch in VR. I'm pretty sure those three things are unrelated. They are totally unrelated. VR is v well Unity uses C sharp to code to code VR to code Unity. So I was trying to get I was trying to launch a JavaScript. I was trying to figure out how to do that, how to get how to launch a web RTC session mission operation. I don't know. Was your was end get, goal to try and share your v, or stream your VR experience to other people on the internet? No, I wanted to lay lay a web RTC camera and screen on a object so you could have so you could either have like i've seen like the like if anyone's watched the facebook from the facebook dev uh convention or whatever they had they showed facebook uh spaces or oculus spaces i think it's called facebook spaces but it's you know same thing but they had a they had they had messenger running uh facebook messenger running in oculus and he was able, he's like, oh, let's make it a selfie. And he stretched it out and then held it back. And then he had this whole selfie situation going on where you could, he could see his wife in real world. And then she could see him in the virtual world, like his virtual character. It was really cool, actually. Hmm. And so, and then he made her picture bigger or smaller, put her in a meeting with them. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I said, put her in a meat grinder. Yeah. Well, I guess in <laughs> VR you could do that. But it was pretty cool, honestly, what what you could do. And I thought this would be really cool, but it's in Oculus. It does not exist in what's it call it, so soon, I'm sure. Well, James, it sounds like it's a uh, a ripe environment for you to harvest, I guess. If that's if that's not a saying, but to harvest. You know. Harvest blood. It's uh <laughs> yeah. You found a market now create a product. Yeah. Easier said than done. Any young budding programmers out there want to work with me? Let uh, if any young know. programmers want to donate yourself as a blood bank, let me know. 
I will gain your knowledge via blood osmosis. There you go. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know a couple guys at work. <laughs> they look nice and juicy. We'll yeah. bleed them dry. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, James, you must know a couple guys at work, too. Yeah, they don't know. uh, Knowing guys and having guys be motivated to do something is two different things, even if it might make them money. Well, you got to have the internal will. I didn't mean that, but sure. Okay. Oh, some guys to drink their blood. I do know a few guys. Absolutely. I was still going down the the silly path, (laughs) the darker path. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James is actually trying to be serious. And I'm... <laughs> um, all right, so next next up, now I've actually seen a few a few uh, malware-related stories this week, but I, I glommed onto this one just because it's called Fireball, everyone's favorite cinnamon whiskey from the Great White North. Dude, I was like, is this about Fireball the whiskey? I was like, no, it's, <laughs> it's about something else. <laughs> Yeah, so this is about a. Uh, they've just the security researchers have found a uh, malware. They're calling it a massive malware campaign that has infected 250 million computers around the world, including Windows and Mac. So I thought that was interesting. Got them. Um. So this is actually very similar to that malware that we talked about. I forget if it was last week or the week before. Where it's the malware that was found in some Android programs. Right. And all it does is like click on ads, basically. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what this is. <coughs> so, it says it's an adware package that takes complete control of the victim's web browser, turns them into zombies. And now it says it could potentially allow attackers to spy on victims' web traffic and steal their data. But that's probably not the main goal. Um, it says the company is currently using Fireball for generating revenue by injecting advertisements onto the browsers. So, and apparently the way it gets on your computer is it comes bundled with free software download off the internet. Ooh. It says it installs a uh, browser plugin to replace their default search engines and home pages. They're going old school. Nice. Yeah. In an IE6 AOL search bar? Ugh. Weather bug? Yeah. <laughs> or what Sorry. everyone thought Google but... was when it first came out. Yeah. Remember the yeah. Google, the fucking Google search bar was so annoying? Yep. The fucking worst. Speaking of Fireball Whiskey, though, um, have you guys happened to try that uh, Pepsi Fire? Or I think it's called Pepsi Fire. Who's the hottest rapper of all time? <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. I spit hot fire. <laughs> Couldn't resist. So. Maybe, it's, maybe it's called Pepsi Spice. It could be Pepsi Spice. Um, I think I've seen what you're talking about, but no, I haven't tried it. It's a cinnamon-flavored Pepsi. Oof. And I I had one. It tastes exactly like a if you took a normal Pepsi and dumped a bag of those tiny red hots in it and let it sit 
like in a warm car for a couple hours. It tastes exactly like that. That's disgusting. Yeah. So awesome. Hey, 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 you'd like it. You'd if like cinnamon's your thing. I do enjoy cinnamon. Yes. Okay. Well, then you would like it. Okay. I recommend you treat yourself. Try one. Okay. Fair enough. We'll get right on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, watch out for this fireball thing. It's a killer. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. Alright, so next we're gonna talk about our book of the month. Can I point something out just for a quick second? You may. James. What's up? Mike's doing your job. I know, he always does. I I, I get I start listening and I just like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> And then Mike starts doing it, and I'm like, all right. Or you'll start doing it. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Sorry, James. Please please lead us into the next. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Go ahead. To the next thing. Our book of the month. Okay. What what book was it? Um, thanks for leading me, Michael, into this here again. <laughs> <laughs> the City of Ember. Um, what did you guys think? Um, it was Evan's suggestion, by the way. It was. So... I had seen the movie several times before recommending the book. Several and times. Several times. I've probably you, watched the movie like five or six times. Had you read the book? No. Okay. Um, I think... So after finishing the book and re-watching most of the movie, um, I think that to compress what is basically a seven hour ish book into an hour and a half. They did a pretty good job of catching the major points. Um, although I don't know in the movie, they focused quite a bit on, uh, what the hell is his name? Tim Robbins. I, I never, I, 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 oh, I don't watch. Okay. I don't remember the movie at all. So basically, um, what's his name? Dune, Dune Harrow's father. Okay. Who gets like one mention in the book when they go back to his, when someone goes to his repair shop. But in the movie, he's like a main character throughout half of it who inspires his son as like a creator and, you know, do whatever he has to. And his, and Dune's father was part of a group who had previously tried to escape the city, which is not at all mentioned in the book. So that's probably something they added for dramatic effect. Was that um, maybe uh, them can combining the the guy who left, the guy who ran out in the book with the who's like yelling, ranting, and raving? No, because he's in the movie also. Okay. Yeah, some like random you think crazy guy who comes out of one of the trash piles, basically. So, I guess a quick a quick synopsis of the book is. Sometime in the future, in the UK, presumably because of their power outlets, judging by the visuals in the movie, um, oh, they I assumed it was all in America. See, nope. Um, the world is going to shit. I don't know if it's a war or just you know massive riots or whatever. So a bunch of architects and scientists and educators and do-gooders come together. And create a an underground city to house what they assume will be a 
you know, probably a 300-ish group of people for 200 to 220 years. Um, the instructions for getting out are enclosed in a box that will open in 200 years. And the mayor of the city will read the instructions and lead the inhabitants to safety to whatever remains of the outside world. Um, but they want to keep the, the, the inhabitants or the, keep the future populace ignorant of whatever I'll say today's world is. So they don't feel sad if when they leave, they see it's all destroyed. So a couple things come with that. Number one, they don't know shit about shit. Yeah, pretty much. Like they have some vocabulary, but you know, they're like, what's a boat? What's a tree? You know, the sky is black. There are lights up there. Ember is all there is. And when they were, you know, reading the, the oath and, and chanting and singing some songs, I was like, Oh, this is like Bible study class. When you're a kid, these kids are indoctrinated. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing that was different between the movie and the book is I think in the book they said it was not illegal to leave the city, but there's nothing out there. So kind of why bother? But in the movie, it is illegal to leave the city. Now, maybe I just misheard that. So, you know, I I could be wrong. Well, in the, in the book at the, I think at the time, I think it's fair to say that at the time, that we come into the story from the book's perspective, the new mayor, the current mayor has guards guarding the trash piles and they're yeah. guarding this and guarding that. So I don't think people could just go do whatever. And I think maybe they're trying to just transport that vibe, you know? Yeah. Um. So when we come into the story, we are at least... 241 years into the 200 year timeline because one of the previous mayors was getting sick. And so the mayors don't know that the instructions to leave are in the box. They're just like, this box is important. Pass it down to your successor. When the time comes, it'll open. They'll know what to do. Um, So they're sort of, you know, they don't know what the they're handling. So one of the previous mayors gets sick. There's like, not a plague, but there's a sickness that kind of is going around the city. He's like, oh shit, I might die. Let me try to break into this box and see what's in there. Maybe it's a cure. So he takes it home, dies before he gets it open. So now it's like out of the safe zone of, you know, the mayor's office. So the next mayor has no idea. There's no box. So this box with all the instructions gets left in a closet for, you know, 50 years or something. Um, <clears throat> and opens and then you know some kid like chews up the paper or like certain insects get to it because it's full of holes and she rips it apart and all that kind of shit um meanwhile the city's falling apart no one knows how to maintain anything they're just like okay replace this part because that's what the last guy did we don't know how the systems are interconnected they know of electricity they use it for everything but they don't understand electricity they don't know how the generator works other than there's an underwater or sorry underground river that is like a hydroelectric generator that powers the city but shit's breaking down because it's you know probably approaching 50 years of you know past its maintenance time 
Um, and all that knowledge has been lost. End of life. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be overhauled, decommissioned, whatever. Um, so since the the goal of the city it was basically lost, you find the same sort of political corruption and everyone's kind of, there's like blissfully ignorant people who believe the builders are going to come back and save them and fix everything. And then there's people who are like, um, the doomsayers, you know, everything's falling shit. So two kids in the city, um, basically find these instructions and spend most of the book trying to figure them out. Now, there's a difference between how you exit Ember in the book and how you exit in the movie. The way in the book is way easier than what they had to do in the movie. I'm assuming also it's for dramatic effect because you need to keep the audience's attention um, in the movie. And at the end, they find they they find the exit at moonlight or at nighttime. So there's like a full moon out. I'm like, wow never seen anything like this before. The air smells fresh. Um, you know, it doesn't burn my lungs. So they, they're like, well, it's just darkness up here too. So eventually, you know, fall asleep, wake up to the sunrise. Like, Oh shit it's bright. What's this burning thing glowing in the sky? That's, you know, I can't see now. Uh, so they go exploring around this little, um, it's basically like, a set of hills or cliffs near uh, near the ocean. They find a crack. They look down, and they see the lights above the city of Ember. And they're like, they the the exit was kind of rushed because um, Lena uh, reported the mayor for stealing food, and under a food shortage, she thought it was like the right thing to do for for the people. But obviously, there's corruption there, so. He wanted her arrested. So there was like a manhunt out for her and, and Dune. <coughs> and so they had written instructions on basically how to get out uh, or how to read the instructions on how to get out, but failed to deliver them to the correct people. So they found the the crack in the earth above the city and dropped the instructions down in hopes that they would find you know the right person and they could lead the rest of the population <laughs> out of the city. There's something I found interesting. Until they got out, they didn't realize that the city of Ember was underground. Correct. They just thought like this is this is how things are. Yep, this is this is the universe. Or this is the world. What's the universe? Yeah. What is a star? What is the sun? Yeah, like, they didn't know any of that, so obviously, I mean, we're given a weird explanation to me that all that information was kept from them on purpose. You know, I was like, I was like, they don't have books? Like, what the hell happened? You know, yeah, that, I have a, I have a lot of problems with this book for the same reason. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of books, but they're not, there's no context. So, like, if you read, um, if you read, like, the Dead Sea Scrolls, assuming you could, you'd be like, okay, well, what? Does any of this mean? I have no context. So, I mean, there there was a library there. Um, something they they use in the movie for dramatic effect is an old answering machine tape. 
that has Dune's father's voice on it. So they know what an answering machine is, but they don't know what a boat or a tree is. So there are some issues with continuity, I guess. Um, yeah. What else do I have here? Oh, yeah, the fucking piles of trash everywhere. So, presumably there was, like, some compactor or some trash disposal. It wasn't just supposed to be piles and piles like idiocracy. But, (laughs) A, they shouldn't have had a food shortage because that could have, assuming they knew how to compost, that could have been some really good compost. I was going to say, assuming assuming they like eating garbage. (laughs) (laughs) So, you like tin cans, right? Uh, second of all, what the hell must have that smelled like? Uh, Awful. But I guess if you grow up smelling it, you don't notice it. Mostly. Probably. Um, it had some inspirational messages, though. I, she was, Lena, the main character, was, uh, I think she was talking to herself uh, when she said, you know, she dreamed of a better city or another city um, that had everything that Ember lacked. And she said, you know, she just had to have the courage to leave, go into the darkness and keep going. And you'll see the light on the other side, which is, you know, a good sort of inspirational moment for all of us in any sort of situation. So I liked that. Um, in the book, did you guys notice anything about how they how she was able to buy basically brand new colored pencils that hadn't deteriorated in 250 years? And they also had cardboard boxes after 250 years. I don't think there was a paper manufacturing facility on site. Yeah, so... Well, I'm assuming a pencil, if you just sit it in a drawer and let it sit there, it'll survive. It, um, it's it could. Organic. I don't know. It's organic. It's. I think it would probably... It, eh, I don't think it'd be the way it was oh, described my, my in the book. My desk is also organic, if you, but right. I don't think anything's going to happen to it. In 200 years? Yeah. All right, bro. We got we to gotta have a biology lesson here. Well, so, uh, so, I mean, <laughs> that's I don't, I don't know enough about like the breakdown rate of fucking wood, but I do the book. Okay, so this is a problem we run into with sci-fi books a lot, where the author will write about something they're trying to get a certain kind of an idea across, which she successfully does. The book is quite good, but um, and I, I and you could tell her focus points were like the character's interaction with the world and their acceptance of their reality because like the girl Lena is obsessed with finding this other city because in her mind, the only thing that could possibly exist is another city, you know, cause it's all she knows. So that I appreciated. I appreciated that about the book. Um, there's other scenes, other things that I was like, it's just like kind of weak, but it was more weak because the author didn't care about them. And it's not because that person, she's a bad writer. It's because that wasn't her focus, and that's not the story she was trying to tell. Like, she's not trying to tell a riveting sci-fi tale that is makes sense to everybody. She's trying to tell a story about people and trying to, excel, trying to give you a moral tale about 
this city and its impact on your life. You know, that's what I think. That's how I read it. Mm-hmm. And and I think like what Evan said, what you said at the end, you're like, oh, there's some 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 good things there. Like, you know, go into the darkness and keep going. I think that's what the theme was. The theme wasn't like, why would you put a bunch of people in here in a place with no books and not to let them learn anything about science or technology and not teach them how to use this thing? Why would you give them the only way out is locked in a box and you say, don't touch it. I know you don't know what it is. Like that's like that's like shows a total lack of understanding of human nature. Right. And the fact that I don't think there were any books about anything in there. I think I think that the library was exactly what it said because Dune goes to the library and he finds a book and the book is like words that we don't know what they mean anymore. And that's right. literally what the book was called. So the the library is full of books, but I don't think they were books. I think that I think that the people who made the city did the same thing they did to the the first citizens of the city. They did the same thing to the library. They censored it and made sure nothing was in there. They wouldn't let the old lady take her notepad in with yep. the notes in there. You know, so I I don't think that I think I don't I think that they said we don't want anyone to know what the world was like, and we want them to come out. And the thing the thing is, if they come out in the world and the world is fine, or they're animals. Dude, those kids could have been eaten by a fucking bear or a wolf. <laughs> you know? Like like that shit's crazy. Like the world is dangerous. Like outside wants to kill you. You know, the fucking wilderness might as well be outer fucking space. You know? The yeah. only difference is outer space doesn't have bears. Otherwise, <laughs> it might as well be the same. They do so, have bears sort of only in name only, but none that can really kill you. But well, what you mentioned, uh, you're actually correct. I was I was misremembering. The books in the library were written by previous inhabitants. Yeah. So yes, you're correct. Even though there was ones on like uh, these are bugs that we know about. There's some very vague information about a couple of subjects in there. Yeah. And since you mentioned the uh, the lady leaving her journal, I really liked that chapter because it it tells the sort of final perspective of one of the first inhabitants of the city who may have been the first mayor. If you watch the movie, Um, but we don't know that whole chapter where they find her journal is not in the movie. Mm. So I really liked it. I was like, Oh, this could have been great. Yeah. You know what I like about that chapter? And this is more good storytelling from the point of the author is she did something I really love. She created an exposition moment without making you feel like you were getting exposition. So she wasn't like the world was in turmoil because this, 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 and that, and this is why this is happening. Like she did not write a story to close it, to, to give a nice neat bow at the end. She said, this is an old lady's point of view of what happened. That's all you're getting. This is what I'm giving you. Like it, love it, or leave it. And I appreciate that. Like that's real. Like the storytelling in this book is very real, and I, and that's what I liked about the book. It was well told. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like she kept continuity with what was important to her, and I just feel like she just did things, and I was like, this is dumb. Like why are you like why are the characters doing this? But I think that's like my nature is to look at stuff and nitpick it. Like this is dumb. That wouldn't work. This is stupid. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Like how these people are in the generator room and they're like, I'm fixing the generator. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> you, and, you know, you don't know how the generator works. And the question is, it's like the job system 
why would you put some why would you randomize a job system and say okay you're getting this job you're getting that job without thinking what are you good at you know where's further training you know instead everything's on the job training and 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 whatever and then you have this other system where people have little stores and i'm like how does that work you know like how do you start a store where you're like i'm gonna start a store we do lint like how are houses allocated? Like, there's so much more about the world of Ember that I want to know that the author didn't care about. Like, she wasn't world building. She was storytelling. And I appreciate that. It's good. It, I'm not saying don't don't read the book. You should read the book. I don't know, honestly, if I would listen, read the, watch the movie, even though I wanted to. But after hearing Evan talk about it now, I don't think I'd watch the movie. I feel like it would spoil the world for me. You know? And I, I hate it when books, when movies take lots of license with content, with original content. It seems like they did, you know, because I do I, plan on reading the second book. Yeah. I don't think the movie would spoil the world for you. Um, it's just sort of a different perspective of what's in the book or, or a couple different takes on it. Um, since I watched the movie first and since we were talking about jobs on uh, assignment day where all the 12 year olds graduate from school and pick their job for the future, I thought that was permanent. Whereas in the book, it says you're on like a three year trial period. And if you aren't good at your job or something, then you get reassigned to another location. Right. As for, you know, what are people doing banging away at the generator saying, Oh, we're fixing it. No, you're not. It wasn't designed for them to be there that long. Right. Right. So, you know, even with some, some hammers and basic maintenance. It was probably designed to last 200 years. And then, you know, in the last two or three generations of workers, that's probably when it started to break down. But, um, so I, uh, one question that I had that was never answered. Um, I didn't even think about the people who open, who had like food shops or trinket shops or whatever, but they never really talk about how the mayor was chosen. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's my only question for the author, if you ever listen to this. She won't. She, no, she won't. We can hope. We can hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have Stephanie try to contact her. Stephanie? <laughs> you heard him. Get on it. Is that what you've <laughs> named your Google Home? No. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, that could have been a gag we could have done for years and years into the future. You know, to the point where people thought Stephanie was a real person. Now you spoiled Evan, it. Now you're calling it Google out. Home. No, I won't. If someone, if we kept it going and someone asked, and then stopped mentioning her for a while, someone was like, hey, what happened to Stephanie? We're like, oh, she stepped out to get some Coleman's mustard. There and it go. would have been fucking bringing it all full circle. It would have been there great. Now it's ruined. Ruined. Nice, look, nice bootins. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, do you have any... Uh, Additional thoughts about the book? Anything you liked, disliked? Any any thoughts since found, me, and my, me and Evan took over? <laughs> found notable? <laughs> have you seen the movie? Will you watch the movie? I have not seen the movie. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing it. The book, the book wasn't bad. Um, there, like I said before, there was just a couple things you're kind of like, meh. You know, you're like, this doesn't make sense or this doesn't... How would that work? You know? Right. And... You know, whatever. Um, How did the city of Ember make money? Correct. Uh. <laughs> there is money there. 
there there's, a, there, there's an economy and, and that was another point of like major confusion for me i was like how does this economy work that she never mentions getting paid or does she in the book i guess she, she might she gets paid she um yeah, i think they just refer to it differently but oh yeah the you know what baffled me the cost of the whole thing the cost of the messenger service like okay yeah, 20 cents per message that's crazy like how does that even work like regardless of size of message you know and then you got to run around i'm like how does she find the people right does she go to the place mrs pennybottom mrs pennybottom like what if she doesn't know what they look like she's <laughs> a little kid people, how many people live there it's i'm sure it's a very small population she probably knows them or i mean they give them an address and who it's to basically so they could find them in a pinch if they needed to what if they're not there they just wait you gotta have a good memory that's a good point there's no uh there's no dropbox like you don't you don't have a letter apparently, i was going to compare apparently it you can't write it down well know. because there's a paper shortage right it seems like this is an old system though it seems like the messenger's core has been around delivering messages vocally for a long time, which would make sense. Like paper's a scarce item that you can't remake. So probably for a hundred years, they've probably been delivering messages away. I get it, you know, but at the same time, man, dude, we've learned the lesson over and over again, how bad a game of telephone is. You That's know? true. Like, human beings are horrible messaging systems. So it might then again, sorry. The builders may have wanted to create a society that was 200 years in the past for their Very own true. good. A Shyamalan effect. We've as all they seen say. the village. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were being Shyamalaned. Shyamalama ding donged, <laughs> as they say. That is correct. Um, what is, the what a twist. <laughs> there, was, there was, you know, some of the language of the book and everything, like it seemed very, very simple. And uh, they're like over explaining things. Mm-hmm. Like for no reason, but I think we talked about this already, or we talked about it another time. That I guess the book is probably meant for a younger audience. Yes, I believe it's a young adult series. Okay, like yeah. Hunger Games or something. Yeah. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, overall, I liked it. You know, it's interesting. Well, if um, either of you ever does. So- watch the movie i'd be interested to uh know how you compare and contrast if if there's anything you think was well done or needless hmm. like the giant mole the what yeah there's a giant mole in the movie uh. that like finds its way into one of the storerooms and then dune closes the door and it's it's magically dealt with it doesn't wreak havoc throughout the rest of the city or anything Ugh, see, you're not helping me. You're not helping me lock in on the movie. You're really not. You know? Uh, That's you like that. 45 seconds. But how can... How can <laughs> That's just how you just forget. It's like the article Michael tagged me in on Facebook this week. Bear bear wanders into house. Bear plays piano. Bear wanders out. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm sorry for ruining it for you, but I still think you should watch it. At some point, I won't hold it against you if you don't. Though I understand. I feel like I'll have to, I'll have to punish myself with it just to say, "Ugh, I was right," or "Ugh, not bad." <laughs> it's I mean, that better. Guy, what's his name? Chris, not Christopher Robbins. What's his name? Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. He's a good actor, so that's that's a good reason to I see it. Bill Murray was in the movie. 
He is. He's the mayor, right? Yep. So I don't Tim like. Robbins. He's Dune Harrow's father, who plays oh. zero role in the book, but yeah. he's a major part of the movie. I don't like really? that he's like the star or the major part of the movie. I, I don't like that, just because the character is a non is a non character in the book, and I hate I hate that. I wish they they would have been better off getting like a young Dakota Fanning. Or I mean, obviously she's too <laughs> young, but like Dakota, she was too young at that time. But Dakota Fanning would probably have been a great like focus on the kids. Yep. You know, tell us our tell us their story. I would watch that movie. Like I I mean I guess you know. You have to make movies more palatable to a wide audience, so you get big stars, and those are mostly adults. But I would love to see a movie with two like child actors playing those roles out among like good adult actors. It'd be very interesting to me. I thought that'd be. I think that could be a good story. And honestly, this is a great movie to reboot, and there's a great series here. I, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Although the last book it seems to be a prequel, which I don't. I'm not a prequel fan when it comes to stuff like this. You know. Have you listened? You said you were going to listen to, but have you listened to any of the other books? I yet? haven't. I haven't okay. yet. I haven't. I've dived into some other things, but I will soon. Very good. Um. Oh yeah, Mike. Sorry, Evan. I was going to let you go ahead and take it, but <laughs> let me. Uh, let me take it, Michael. Did you have anything else to say about the book? I know that we started to let you, and then me and Michael Evan went in again. Um, no, just I'm cut good. him off whenever he starts talking. I'm yeah. Good. Okay. Great. So, I'm, what's this? I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what's this book that you have here for us, Michael? Um, for the next reading club, the book club, uh, for the month of June. And I hope you fans are playing along. Uh, fan Ed, I hope you're reading along with us, Ed. <laughs> well, we have we have two fans now. Oh, Ed's wife, right? No, no, Jeff. Who's Jeff? Well, then we got three. I got one, too. Jeff? Oh. Well, there you go. Jeff's Jeff? the guy at work. Oh. Well, Jeff, I hope you're reading along. I hope Evan's uh, f- friend is reading along. High five, Roger. There you go. Yeah, that's a made-up person. That it's not a made-up person. person. <laughs> it's not. He was a quote-unquote friend for a long time, but we met in Dallas in real life for Stephanie's real. Stephanie's fiance. Stephanie's Roger. fiance. Roger. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, Roger, if you're real, please please listen to the book with us. <laughs> uh, Michael, what's what tell us about this book? Give All right, brief... so next up, so this is from the Void Trilogy. It's the first book called The Dreaming Void by Peter F. Hamilton. So this is a space book set in the future, set in the year 3580. Oh, Jesus. Boy. Okay, so way in the future, way in the future. Um, we're all over the place. We're, you know, we're all over the galaxy. We're in uh, a bunch of star systems. We're doing our thing. We have a big, a big space navy, you know. But at the center of the galaxy is something called the Void, uh, which is was dun, created dun, by dun. aliens billions of years ago. But we can't, uh, we can't get in there. Hmm. I can already tell him I have problems with this one. It's a conundrum. It does it's not a, sound a problem like that needs it knows to be solved. Science is, yeah. Um, speaking of all over the place with this uh, book and space navy, you know what else is all over the place, Mike? Coleman's mustard. No, oh, it's a mess. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's in my <laughs> raccoon wounds. <laughs> 
Uh, you just demonstrated it perfectly. I was going to say your distance from the microphone. Oh, you mean this Got whole thing? Yeah. There we go. Yep. That's all right. Just a you know gentle reminder. Mm-hmm. We'll tap on the balls. <laughs> tap on the balls. All right. So yeah. So check it out, everyone. Um, right. the, the dreaming. This is supposed void. to be a good. This is the Void trilogy. Has um, he written anything else? Yes, famous, I many, guess. Many books. Has um, he written any erotica? <laughs> <laughs> Space erotica. Mm, that's a thing. <laughs> so he's he has. I just did a thing. There's 35 books on Audible by this author. Jesus, so, that's an overachiever if I've ever seen one. Um, although <laughs> some of these may be in another language. Oh, that's cheating. Yeah. But I know that uh, Mr. Leo Laporte has recommended this author in the past. So it should be it should be good sci-fi. Okay. It should be good sci-fi. Well, thank you. Excellent. I think it'll be good. And there's, there's three books in the trilogy, just so you guys know. Obviously, okay. it's a trilogy. Cool. So there's three books. Got something to look forward to. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Let's just jump down to the uh, sci-fi section here. Um, so I've moved mine before yours, Michael, because there's going to be good segue with yours. Oh um, my god! No. <laughs> um, okay, so this this is the book I just finished. Um, this was my standout book for June uh, or for uh, for May uh, of my personal reading. Um, I listened. By the way, just in case anyone knows, I listen to like six books a month. So. I listened to the first book I listened to in May was uh, The City of Ember, and I listened to several other books. Perilous Waif was the last one I listened to. Um, it's called The Perilous Waif. It's by, uh, what's this guy's name? Um, e. William Brown. Yeah, that's it, E. William Brown. And this book, so he wrote this book with the idea of getting in, getting back to Heinlein-esque Star Troopers style. He calls it hard sci-fi, hard space sci-fi fiction, whatever. Um, the only way that I can say that it's hard. So I listen to a lot of space sci-fi. Only way I can say, and I have not read the Heinlein, the the original Heinlein Starship Troopers book, which is got, I've got to put that on my list. Maybe I'll make that my book of the month for next month, um, or for the month after next. But, um that this book basically the whole thing is it's about a young girl she's uh 13 years old and she's in the body of a or she's nine years old i think but she has the body of a 13 or 14 no she's she's 13 or 14 but she's a very like she's like a nine-year-old's body but she's super skinny and just very underfed underhealthy and she's in this uh orphanage in the beginning of the book uh run by these on a planet that's run by it's a matriarchy and there's no men on the planet and they kind of teach all the all the women there you know they don't they've redacted a bunch of words from their language and they if you have bad thoughts they adjust your thinking and they do take an alien or non uh non-baseline humanoid humans to be orphans 
but they raise them and then you're indebted to the state and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, so she's on a journey to get off the planet and find out about her, who she is. And the story goes down a long wormhole, but it's very good. It's probably one of the best books I've ever read. Or no, no, I won't say that. It's one of the best books I've read so far this year. It's a really good one. From beginning to end, it's well told. The author thinks a lot about continuity and across the board, and he strings the plot together very well. He 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 wrote an entire um he wrote his own version of quantum mechanics to fit um an entire like system of warp travel. It's not uh, how it works. Uh, of course it's not how it works, but he wrote an explainable <laughs> He wrote an explainable version of 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 uh, warp travel, you know, so so he could so it all makes sense. So it's very well tied together. Um, and actually, it's been mentioned before in other books, Michael, the, with the red shifting. Um, if that rings any bells, it does not. Okay, it does so, to me. Yeah. So, yeah, he talks about red shifting and things like that, and he talks about three or four various. Anyway, the last bit of the book is a index or a not a a, a con. con Dunium? Glossary? I guess it's a glossary, yeah. Is a, is a word. He calls it a compendium, but it's a glossary of like terms and things. And he goes through his thinking for all the stuff. It's very interesting. But the book's really good. Uh, it's so it's a Perilous Wave, the Alex Long series, book one. Um, it's 16 or 15 hours long on Audible. Definitely worth getting if you're into space books, stuff like that. Uh, the main, there's a lot of. And let me get back to the hard sci-fi thing. I think what makes it hard sci-fi is that there's hints at, I would say this borders on a very dark uh, neo-punk world future of what space might be like. Um, It's like the Japanese are very present in it. What's that? Like Blade Runner? Yeah, or? like Blade Runner, sort of. Yeah, like Blade Runner. Um, there's no sustain. There's baseline humans, but they're very rare. There's everything. Everyone is like a mod, sort of. Like there's human beings with cat ears and muzzles, and you know, <laughs> I mean that that's what people look like in this world. And there's tons of variety and all kinds of things and all kinds of mutations um, that people can choose to do, get themselves enhanced with, and um, so it's, it's very- like. In 30 years, when we have legitimate space travel and furries get a hold of CRISPR. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But gone ham. Mm. You know, like, gone absolutely fucking ham. There's very, there's, there's, he's invented six levels of AI, um, level one, two, three, four, five, and six, and each one is progressively more crazy than the last. It's like Scientology. Um, Yeah, I guess. You're not at the right OT level for that information. There you go. Um, but it's very cool the way he did the AI and stuff, and it's very interesting. So I, I don't want to spoil it. You know, there's some mm, erotic sex, not erotic, but there's some hints at possible futures. But he does it. He kind of acknowledges the character is very straight edge. So she's like, I'm too young for that. I'm too young for that. But there's stuff where lots some lesbian things and some straight edge stuff and. But it's, uh, I would say that's what makes it hard. 
but it's not done in a tacky or perverse or inappropriate way. It's done in a very nice way that makes you feel it feels very real and like it belongs in this universe that he's built. So anyway, um, I'll leave it to you guys. If you want to check it out. I advise, I, I, I definitely say it's a great book. Uh, I give it five, five hand claps and six watermelon seeds. So <laughs> definitely check it out. Um, it's a, James, I'm definitely going to check that one out. Uh, do you have it in your Audible I do. library? I do. Oh, okay, great. Well yep. then, since I may be able to gain some access to that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will check that out. Um, generous benefactor. In uh, You mentioned Robert Heimlein. Yeah. So I actually have a couple books of his in my in my library that I have yet to listen to. And I've never listened to any Robert Heinlein books. I've been wanting to listen to, he, he's the one who wrote Starship Troopers and I've been wanting to listen to it because everyone says it's excellent. It's great. They're like, it's a little dated, but it's very good. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I've always wanted to listen to it because the Starship Troopers movies are one of my favorite movies. But that movie also is not inf- it. It seems like not afraid to engage in all the dirty people stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I can't explain it because it's not uh, it's not like full of erotica or like murder or anything like that. But it's just the messiness of life. It dives headfirst into it and it isn't afraid of it. It's not so. It builds. He builds a universe and it's not so absorbed with telling his own telling his own version of the story he does he tells he he, the storytelling is not the personal storytelling is not as good as like the city of ember but the universe building and the base the baseline story getting coming across i think is very good so Heinlein books i'm assuming are something like that so we'll we'll see we'll see Uh, i definitely want to read starship troopers well you know i'll I'll make it my book of the month just hold off and we'll we'll wait until next Mm. month We'll do a well, space, a two-month space extravaganza, back-to-back, space, space, space. <laughs> I um, one of the books I have in my in my thing here is actually I got it from. Uh, so you and I have both read the the series of books with the the navy, the naval aviator who survives the zombie apocalypse. Yes, uh, I don't remember the name of the book now, but I don't either. But yes, very good book. Um, so in, in one of those books, they mentioned the, the book tunnel in the sky. Oh, okay. So I have that book in my library. That's why Robert Heinlein. And then I also have the puppet masters, hmm. which I'm sure you guys have heard of that or at least heard of a movie. I have heard of the movie and may, may even have seen a movie called the puppet masters or some some movie that is based on not the horror series with the puppets, right? Um, I believe <laughs> that, that is hilarious. <laughs> that sounds pretty hilarious, actually. Is right. that really what it is? Um, it's not really with puppets per se. They're like autonomous marionettes who kill people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that movie's about. What are you talking about? He's confusing it with mannequin. No, Mannequin's an 80s movie that's whimsical and fun. Oh, he's confusing it with Terminator and Terminator 2. <laughs> that's... 
I guess you could call them marionette, autonomous marionettes if you wanted to be like some weird artisanal movie buff. <laughs> You're the one who said, who said it. Like, the T-1000 is an autonomous marionette. This movie is about, or I'm guessing the book also, but... Okay, you ever seen The Faculty? Yeah. That's the Puppet Masters. That's it. Oh, okay. It's about a, about a school faculty? <laughs> Have is you the ever school seen faculty called the faculty? I guess. Okay, not. is the faculty puppets? No, not physically. They they're become like controlled by a parasite. It's like okay. the Futurama episode with the brain slugs. Perfect. I have not seen that. I have not read about it. Okay, there's a series called Puppet Master, and it's a very creepy movie series. One of my favorite horror movie series because it's just hilarious and weird. And there's puppets. They're oh. actual puppets. There's a Puppet Master movie, and I don't remember what, exactly what it's called. Maybe There's the Leech Woman. Master. The Leech Woman. She has but leeches coming out of her. Ugh. It has um, Kiefer Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Why not both? It has Donald Sutherland. Yeah, it's the Puppet Masters. 1994. Okay. Maybe I have seen well, it. Well, agree to disagree. Continue, Michael. Continue with what you're saying. No, no, that's it. I'm just saying I have I have a couple Robert Heinlein books, although they don't sound like they're the kind that you were talking about with the quote unquote hard sci-fi. Well, although, I mean, although maybe Tunnel in the Sky is. I'm not sure. I mean, I think probably I think hard sci-fi is like his style. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what that means though because I haven't listened to it, but I have listened to Perilous Wave and it's like I said, it's not a, it's not erotica and it's not a book full. I I I. I I don't want to get the idea across that, like, yeah, this is basically softcore porn. It's not that. And it's not about sex or any of that stuff. There's not even any sex in the fucking thing. There's zero sex in the thing. I think as hard as it gets is a kiss. But I think the hardness comes from constantly being rubbed and aroused. No, no. I think the hardness... (laughs) Stephanie! Stephanie! (laughs) I think the hardness comes from his, his... he doesn't care about getting messy. Like he, he doesn't, he dives into those weird human things that most books just <laughs> avoid, which is like, Oh, um, this guy is attractive or this girl's attractive or I'm attracted to this person or, you know, Oh, we had to kill these children or whatever. Like he just, he like the, the writer writes about this stuff. Like it's hat, like it's real. Like he's not afraid to talk about like, children being sold into slavery and all the main character do is watch and she just said okay I'm gonna put on a tough face and keep it moving you know um it's it's dude it's fucking crazy anyway mm. continue okay so um, you you got those books we're gonna get it we're gonna read the Highline books eventually yeah. how Highline what yeah Robert okay. Highline um oh. yeah that's all I have for that so alright so um Star Trek Discovery yeah, so this is uh, this is just a link to the video that you sent us. Um, so this is my story, but I figured we could discuss it. <laughs> yes, um, we, we I put it in here against you your most will. of the most of the talking on this, since uh, you seem to be all about it, and apparently I'm not a true Star Trek fan, according to <laughs> according to James here. You I a Trekkie know. or a Trekker? Yeah, I exactly. thought he was. I thought I got. It, I got the two of you mixed up, Evan. I thought that. I thought that he was the Star Wars fan, and you were the Star Trek fan. 
I think we are both fans of both franchises. However, we lean heavily towards the Trek. Okay. Yes, both Evan and I, I would say, are more Star Trek fans than Star Wars. I'm a Star Trek fan. You trying to say I'm not? No. You you excluded you're the yourself. One, you're the one making people be one thing or the other. I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan. I why do we have to be against each other? No, I'm just saying, you know, I thought that one of you, Ebony I just thought that. And no. Oh my God, <laughs> shut up. This is stupid. All right, look. So I found this video and thought it was really interesting um, because I just want Star Trek, I just want Star Trek Discovery to be really bad. And I want to be proven right about it, but at the you same want time, it to I, be bad. I want to. I want to say, "Ha, I'm right. They made crap." But at the same time, I want it to be good. I want to see Star Trek back on TV again. You know. So this, I've I watched this guy's videos before. He has a lot of rumor videos and stuff about Star Trek, about various sci-fi things, but also right now about Trek, Star Trek, about Star Trek Discovery. And in this particular episode, he talks about. Um, Star Trek and the kind of behind the scenes intrigues with CBS and Paramount and how and, you know, the Kelvin universe, which is like the bad robot universe, the reboot and stuff like that. And a lot of things I didn't know about it and things I didn't know about Discovery and things like that. So I don't know. I I think it's a good article. It scares me about the future of Star Trek because I feel like to me, Star Trek is like an untouchable institution. And like even a re- even a reboot, a mild reboot is blasphemy. So I don't know, and I and then it makes you question myself. Like, am I the bad guy for like being like, no, don't reboot it, don't make a new Star Trek for a new generation. Like maybe it's time, you know. Maybe Kirk is like, okay, it's done. Maybe it's time for a new Star Trek. Yeah. You know? But I don't I don't feel that way. But I'm like, maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe I'm being inflexible. Maybe I have to stop being like an old man about this and being like, my way is the best way. I don't know. Sometimes the bad guy is the good guy. Uh, but I have four comments about this video. Number one, um, Star Trek Discovery is most likely going to be awful, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Number two, uh. the guy in the video discusses several casting changes, but does not mention Rain Wilson. Which I feel like he does mention Rain Wilson. I don't believe so. Okay. You mentioned two other people who like switched roles, like after the four after the third episode, which is very strange. We'll see how that plays out. Um, um, do we care? Uh, just you know, for the state of being thorough. Granted, he joined the cast quite late, but uh, apparently production was already delayed. So, I feel if he's going to be thorough, that he should have said something about him, even if he's like. Rain Wilson joined the cast and quit the next day because it was a debacle, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it may be. Okay. Third thing, I hate that they're trying to grab two different audiences by peddling lies. They're trying to get the old Star Trek fans like us um, saying it's, it's a, you know, prime universe uh, with the classic Star Trek timeline. They're trying to get new younger fans saying it's like advertising the look and feel of that Kelvin um Chris Pine as Kirk universe and just trying to, you know, grab every fan they can. I can't blame them for that, but in this guy's opinion, I feel it's dishonest. So I don't like it. Uh the fourth thing, fuck JJ Abrams. 
Yeah. Basically. When he was doing all like the contract negotiation, he was like, uh, you guys have to stop marketing and selling all the old Star Trek shit. Um, everything from here forward is going to be my envision. Go fuck yourself. So that you know what? At first, I would have said that can't be true. J.J. Abrams is a nice guy. He makes good movies. But now that they they, they said that, like all the stuff with um, Star Wars fits because they scrapped all of the fucking. They got rid of all of the old canon stuff. All those like maybe a hundred some odd books. You know, that built a great universe and gave plenty to expand upon new story that told new stories. And they said, we're going to pretend nothing ever happened, rehash the old stories and shit it out into this spoon and say, here's a new thing. Open your fucking mouth, bitches. You know, which is what they did with J.J. Abrams, J.J. Abrams at the wheel of Star Wars. Yeah, I was quite upset when that came to light. Yeah, it kind of it kind of let me down as well. I mean, I was like, Ugh. I didn't think he was such a huge douchebag. I didn't either. Well, I think he's a nice face. He's very symmetrical. Yeah. According to this video, there's there was a lawsuit um, between CBS, who owns the CBS, who owns they own the intellectual property. Paramount owns like distribution. Okay, so I guess it was between CBS and whoever um, made a, a fan movie, right? Oh, yeah. Is that the Axonar connection, James? Yes. Yes. Okay. But they fucked up because they made money. Right. So apparently it's okay to make a, a fan movie, but it's not okay if you actually make money from it? Not anymore. Now they've yeah. changed the rules. Well, now it's not even... Well, before that was the rule. Now the rule is, fuck you. Pay me. No. The the rule is <laughs> the rule is you can only make a movie if it's it's not a movie, if it's fifteen minutes long. Um or less. And maximum two parts. Right. And you can't have anyone who's ever been in any of the original stuff. So you know, you can't get Janeway, you can't get Tim Russ, you can't get Ensign Harry Kim to make a cameo in your thing, even if they wanted to. None of that. Um, which they've been able to do in the in some of the other fan made stuff. Yeah, of gods of gods and men. Star or Trek, yeah, of gods and men, like they had Tim Russ in it. I know that. And fucking they had everyone in that. Did they? Garrett Wang was in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um uh fucking No, but they had Chekhov. Oh yeah. I feel like this guy kinda fucked us here. I feel like he I feel like like when you go into something like Star Trek or Star Wars and you make a fan film or something like that, I feel like you kind of have to know, you have to realize that this is a property owned by a major corporation. It's not mine to do with whatever I want to with. Even though like I just love what they made and I really, really want to share my love of this by expanding on the universe. At the same time, you have to realize what's allowed and what's not allowed, and that you're walking a fucking tightrope. And this guy said, I'm going to walk this tightrope, but you know what? Let's make some money, B. You know? So he went beyond, like, just, like, doing the Kickstarter, which they didn't care about. Paramount was like, whatever. Use the Kickstarter money to make the movie. But he used the Kickstarter money, and he started selling stuff and doing and selling DVDs and stuff. And, of course, these com- companies going to have, like, this is naive. No, no, no. The, the real problem was... He he used Kickstarter to buy 
equipment, whatever it was. I don't remember. Oh, he, he like started made a, a studio and started, started studio. merchandising. Yeah. Yeah, he made the studio and he's like, okay, after we're done making this movie, we can use the studio for other projects. And it's yeah. like, no, 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 no. You know? Like, now you're making money, you know? Yeah. So. Unfortunate. But I, I feel, honestly, like, I'm mad. I, I feel like it was this was his fault. You know what I mean? I feel like this is his fault. And I feel like he really, he fucked up a lot. There's a lot lost here. Because Star Wars, Star Trek is one of the few properties where there's so much, like, fan-made, like, content out there. Like, videos and full feature-length films, you know? This Axanar thing, I want to see it. It was probably very good. You know, everyone's apparently, according to this video, it's very good. But at the same time, dude, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why would you go and, like, do this clear thing, like... I don't know. To me, that's got to be present in your mind. Like when I make a YouTube video and I want to put music in it, I'm like, can I use this music? Am I legally allowed to use this music? Yeah. Like I don't just assume that Chris Rock's like, it's cool, bro. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean. Like that's not reality. So I, I find what this guy did kind of annoying. Corporations. I expect them to be corporations. I expect people like, um, uh, you know, uh, the bad robot guy. I expect him to be a douche. And to like fucking try to find ways to screw things and make his vision the vision, but I don't. I kind of expect fans to know better. Like we're supposed to know that you can't do this, and you have to take the big picture into account. You know what I mean? And he and what he did did serious damage to that. I think fan future fan fan made properties. Like you can't have a feature film anymore. You can't have more than two parts of a contiguous story. Continuous story. That's the wrong use of contiguous. You can't have. Um, you can't have uh, actors from, and there's the Star Trek actors love being in the movies, and you can't do they can't do that at all. Done, can't yeah. do it at all anymore. Like that's a huge, massive loss. I don't know? blame him too much. I mean, it, it was always illegal or frowned upon. Uh, he made the mistake of doing something well and getting visibility, I guess. Yeah. So then they started caring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Don't get good. <laughs> Life lesson. Don't get good at anything. Well, stay you know, stay, under, the stay radar. under the radar. No, I mean, you hide your tracks. Like, instead of saying, we're going to build this studio, just say we're making the movie. And build the fucking, use the money to build a studio to make the movie. It doesn't matter. If it takes, it won't, it wouldn't even, they probably never would have found out. If they did, it would have been years and years later. You know? Hmm. But I doubt they would have found out. Like, he just said, yeah, we're, we're using this money to buy equipment to do whatever, you know, or we're using this money to hire a company, whatever. Then you fucking make a shell corporation and pay the shell corporation the money. And that comp that money that becomes a company. I mean, there's so many ways to do it where you could have disguised it, you know, those efforts. So, uh, what's, what's another, um, company that had a big Kickstarter. That's under some scrutiny, maybe a possible taking shell shots. corporation is stealing taking shots, taking stealing shots. money that's uh, not going to be able to release. <laughs> taking fucking shots. <laughs> you mean the number one crowdfunded game, crowdfunded anything ever? S- S- Cloud Imperium Games Star Citizen? Yes, it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> the number one largest piece of vaporware ever released. <laughs> Consider your shots <laughs> dodged, my man. <laughs> Absorbed in my bulletproof vest. 
<laughs> Such a jerk, I tell you, oh, this guy. Boy. Vaporware. Yeah. That's a good that's a good term, although I don't approve of it being a, being applied to Star Citizen. No, it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. That's what people are saying. Um, that's what people the people say. Another term I used the other day at work because I, I read it somewhere was abandonware. Oh god. That's I've a real never thing. heard of that. That's like a real that thing. One. But you, you obviously know what it means, right? Mm-hmm. Right away. It's like Winamp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The so best MP3 player. Like, Alright, we're done. They're like, Alright. Um, yeah. So well I hope I don't know, man. I hope I hope it's good. I hope the new show is good. But you're right. I don't have I don't have high hopes, unfortunately. Um Especially this whole online thing. Maybe the online the online thing will be a good thing. I don't know. It won't. This is like the way that CBS is launching their platform. So if it's it might actually make it a full season. If if it's all CBS really has to go on, then they're not going to let their platform die because Star Trek was shitty. They're just going to keep supporting it, kill it after the first season and bring in some other stuff. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to Well, you know this service already exists. Like you can go subscribe to it right now. There's just no Star Trek on it. Oh. Well, they made in the video made it seem like they're launching it with Star Trek. No, they're, they're trying to they're trying to catch those people who go to see Star Trek movies um, in the theater because the age group there is like just right. But that's because of Chris Pine and uh, Rosario Dawson and is that Rosario Joey Zaldana? Yeah, Joey Zoe Zaldana and uh, I want to see Joey Zaldana. The, <laughs> that's right. Hey yo, and uh, the gay guy who plays Spock or whatever. I can't mm-hmm. think of his name, but he's awesome. And I'm Zachary to, Quinto. Zachary Quinto. He's fucking amazing. He's my favorite actor. I'm not trying to belittle him because he's gay. It's nothing wrong with him being gay. Um, he's but, a very good Spock. Yeah, he's a very good Spock. And I, I, I kind of, even though I find it found it weird in the beginning, I kind of like his weird relationship with um, Ohura. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. So it's different, you know, for Star Trek, which is very good. Um so, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, at any rate, um, yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to reach that audience, and they're not going to because, you know, it's going to be bad. It's going to be just dumb. Uh, I feel bad for the Asian chick who's in it because she's a really good actress. She'll land on her feet. Yeah, she will. She she doesn't give a fuck, dude. Zero fucks. She'll, she'll go back to China, film another dozen flying through the air with a, with a skinny wobbly sword movies, and be like fucking good. She won't care. So, what do you guys think about the Seth MacFarlane? It'll it, it'll be one okay. Season. It's what you uh, expect it to be. Yeah, one season and with like five funny jokes out of sixty per episode. It'd be like Family yeah, Guy meets yeah, Galaxy Quest. Got a tough crowd over here. Eh. Honest. Family Guy's really funny. Galaxy Quest is really funny. But I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's a good writer. I don't think he's a good actor. Yeah. His face looks weird. There's like a Play-Doh <laughs> thing going on. Yeah, this doesn't look normal, you know? He needs to grow facial hair. He looks too red. I don't know what's going on with his face. 
It doesn't work though. <laughs> Needs a do over. His whole his whole face thing just doesn't work. Yeah, his whole face thing. What does it say in idiocracy? Your face is fucked up, and you know whatever. Um, yeah, that's that's his whole thing. He's so I don't think, and I don't think he delivers his own jokes very well. Um, they fall flat for me. At least always that thousand ways to die in the, in the West was stupid. Yeah, I know what it you was mean. Dumb, and that's sure. so. I think it's gonna be like. It's going to be like one, you know, a year, you know, one season, and then we won't see it again. Mm. We can hope, but it seems like every time he tries to strike that, like, Family Guy gold with live action, it's a fail. Mm -hmm. So. Time will tell. Yeah. So what's what's up with this boat swing? Get our... (whistles) Okay, there we go. I just did it. So, uh... Yeah, okay. Yours was better. We have to show off now. Um, (laughs) So uh, this is labeled uh, Blow Your Bosun's Whistle. Um, Michael and I looked at the video of uh, Star Trek uh, Bridge Crew, which is a VR game by Ubisoft. Very good. Very cool stuff. There's a video. This is a link in the show notes, a link to the the, uh, Steam page for it. Um, but you can find tons and tons of videos, all the rage on YouTube right now. People are loving playing it. I think it's really cool because it has the, the, uh, Abrams universe. It has a, it has a very Abrams-esque version of the, of the Enterprise bridge. And it has the, uh, original, uh, Kirk universe bridge. It doesn't make any sense. Shatner universe bridge. Uh, from the 1960s or 70s, whenever it was, and it's got that one up there, and so you can play with both. You can play games in both. You can do the Kobayashi Maru, which I think is awesome. That's what got me super excited. Um, the coolest thing about it, I think, Michael. What, I mean, I you saw the video. I thought it was the interaction, the ability to kind of see what people are doing and command the stations, and you know, kind of like you know, the the captain has a, the captain has a basic level of command but then it's more granular control at the console level for the other players so they can do a little bit more than the captain can so it's it's pretty i thought that was pretty interesting it looks it looks pretty cool and this would be cool to play with your friends yeah absolutely and actually i was telling you last night i wonder if be able to do something like this with star citizen eventually yeah, so they've talked about they've talked about that for Star Citizen with about VR. Right now in Star Citizen, the only multi crew thing you can do is control shields. But hopefully, in the finished game, there should be a lots of granular control, just like this. So we'll see what happens. Twenty twenty three. Expect that uh, finished game. Twenty twenty three. Twenty three. When they release the the first, <laughs> they go into beta. That's when they go into beta. Twenty twenty three. And when is this game released? The Star Trek game? May 30th. Star Trek Bridge Crew. Yep, May 30th. It's already out. It's already out. Yep. $49. Not bad. Doll hairs. No. Yep. Alright. You gonna pick it up? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't have anybody to play with, and I don't feel like playing. I don't, don't playing... know. You I don't get, feel like it, playing... get it. Don't lie. <laughs> no, I don't feel. Like, I don't feel like playing with randoms. That's the thing. This, like any multiplayer game, you want to play with your friends. You know, unless uh-huh. the game is really, really good. So I don't I know. We this all game need to obtain eight hundred dollar. Well, luckily, I think if, if if everyone waits, this VR is going to come down, and I think that now that this experience has come out, 
this is probably one of the better experiences for VR. So now that this Star Trek this experience has come out, we're going to see a lot of better stuff. So once we get you know uh, a little more bit a little more ubiquitous HMDs uh, head-mounted displays for VR, you'll have some really cool things out there and everything. So. All right, let's let's get in the yum yum update. What's going on, everyone? Get, let's get your updates. Nada. I have nothing to report on my uh, progress. Good. Good. Yep. I've shown gross negligence and uh, personal accountability. <laughs> well, I've been trying to eat mostly right, but I've been letting 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 the chips fall where they may. Literally chocolate um, chips. <laughs> oh, I, I saw like, you eating. Like pe- I saw you. I saw you eating pound cake yesterday uh, around ten, I believe. Some lemon pound cake. Pounding that cake down. Around ten, it was more like three. But yes. Three, yeah, three, three p.m. You were eating pound cake by the pound. Frosted pound cake. Yes, Fatty. and who who supplied said pound cake? <laughs> <laughs> the pounder of mini cakes, myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do love my pound cake. Hey, kid, you want some cake? First one's free. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I don't know. I don't think I can do the shakes just because they've been causing me too many, too many problems. Mm-hmm. You know, um, maybe maybe the 2.0 would be better. But for now, I'm gonna stay away try, from them. Try, uh, try a week. Get a one week thing. Treat yourself. Yeah. Or you make your own. Maybe uh, you can give uh, you can give Ed a little little scratch for some of the vitamin ingredients. Buy your own flavor of uh, protein powder. Mix it up yourself. Give him a little scratch. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Um. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe maybe I'll try scratch, a week's worth of two point We'll see. Yes, money greenbacks. Guac, as Michael often says. Greenbacks. <laughs> yeah. Um well, that's good. Whatever works for you. But I don't know. I might just go to I might try to start eating it's a good thing to say. He's like healthy. Ugh. Cor- no. Properly No, I'm gonna I'm what I really mean is I'm going to purchase groceries uh-huh. and make food. You're going so, to join the rest of society? Yeah. Eat like a human? <laughs> Imbibe yes, less still, garbage? Still following the, the tenets of ketoology. Uh, mm. I, I, I've been trying to. I've been just making, eating... Italian sausage, chicken. Um, I made some curry the other day. It wasn't good. And some rice to go along with it. It was, quite, <laughs> it, it was pretty good, but it wasn't keto. Um, but I've been eating just like an eggs. That's all I've been mostly eating. Eggs, sausage, chicken, and then frozen vegetables mixed in like little stir fries all the time. Are you different seasonings. For your uh, sausage and chicken, are you keeping your portion size under control? No. Or you just eat whatever it fits in the pan. Look at Michael's face. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it. I'm, I have some. I have a. 
I have some left in from yesterday. My goal is to just have leftovers, which I never do. That's my problem. I never have leftovers. I hate leftovers. Not that I hate leftovers. Just if there's food there, I'm eating. You know? Do you if have a Costco membership? I do. Um, I bought a 25-pack, I think, of um, basically those uh, black with clear lid Chinese takeout plastic containers for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. with the idea of using them for food prep. So if you can take the time, maybe you can get some of those from Costco or just get the Ziploc ones from, you know, any grocery store. Yeah. And twice like on Sunday and Wednesday or something, just cook up three days worth of food basically and mm-hmm. portion it out. See, that's that's what I'm going to try to do. So I, I bought, I, I actually bought some from Amazon. Okay. The exact kind you're talking about a while back. My problem is that I hate cleaning them after I use them. So sometimes I just throw them away. Right. Other times I'll just <laughs> clean them and then it's like they're all over the place. And it's like, okay, I can't find a top. And then I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to use this. I'm going to eat whatever I want. Get ready. You could so try extra hard. <laughs> you, know. you could try extra hard and get the uh, the aluminum containers with the paper top. If you mm. ever see those, like that's you just fold like over that. the edge, because yeah, yeah. if you care to recycle, that's those all recyclable. Awful. I mean, they're not in any way durable, but they're good for a quick meat for lunch, though. And you throw the whole yeah. thing away. You can't microwave it, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe okay, well, uh, get some good styrofoam. You can microwave styrofoam, right? <laughs> yeah, it works. Well. <laughs> I'll try that out. Anything there, else here? There is a solution out there for you, James. Yeah, there is. Um, I don't think we have anything else. Excellent. I can I can tell you a way to lose weight that involves a questionable substance, Ugh. um, widely used in the early twentieth century. Diarrhea, cocaine. <laughs> no. It's not that, but it will it will turn your poop green. No, once again, <laughs> recommended by our favorite um, internet specialist, Doctor Tony Huge. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> as soon as he said it, recommended us, I saw his face. Yo, I was like, "Fucking Tony, fucking huge, baby." Oh my god, oh, let's boy. hear it, man. I'm in. Let's hear it. Well, it's the uh, it's the explosive substance dinitrophenol or dinitroph two four dinitrophenol. It is explosive. It is illegal to sell as a supplement. You can purchase it as a quote unquote plant fertilizer. Um, if you oh, take shit. too if you take too many, uh, your body will overheat and you will die. So there is a dosage to consider. Um, it works by burning off the extra, burning off the sugar in your system. So the more carbohydrates you eat, the more it burns off. It elevates your metabolism. It also heats up your body. So uh, you do got to be a little bit careful. Uh, several people have died, but they have all taken way, way too much. I feel like Michael is all right. He's been on that, and he's been managing it for years. Because you know he's very hot. He is. You know what? Sweating, Mike. Hmm? Do you regularly consume 
small yellow capsules of DNP. To no. the best of your knowledge. No. Is it possible that your mom sneaks them into your open mouth while you're sleeping? Possible, but not very likely. Okay. <laughs> you, I mean, he embraces the fact that there's a distinct possibility <laughs> that it could be happening, though. He's like, possible, but... <laughs> oh, God. I'll tend to agree with you because a general side effect of taking this is fat loss. So, obviously, it has not been working. Shooter. <laughs> Jesus. He's on a roll today. <laughs> DNP. All right. We're going to do it. We'll do a test. We'll see how that works out. Yep. Oh, we'll I've done a test out. before. It does work. Are you serious? I have. Oh, my God. You're a psychopath. How, how much <laughs> did you take? How does it uh, work? I can tell you how it works. I took anywhere from 100 milligrams per day all the way up to uh, 300, no, 400 per day. Just until the pills ran out. So what it actually does is disrupts the functionality or efficiency of the mitochondria, which are sort of the energy transport production cells in your body. And by doing so, uh, it makes them work harder to do their job, which burns more energy, which produces heat. And you... It it burns more energy, so obviously calories in, calories out kind of thing. Not 100% true all the time, but um, you know, on that general basis, if you burn more than you eat, there's that. Also, I'll call it waste heat from your body. Um, you sweat a little bit extra, depending on your environment and how much you take. Do not take a lot. And a lot is like 400 a day is probably the highest you should ever go for a reasonable person. Right. Hmm. Coach Trevor, which is Dr. Tony Hughes' sidekick, who's an expert on all things, uh, did an experiment where he took 1,000 milligrams oh. a day for 10 days. And he was like, I slept with three fans, two air conditioners, took ice baths every day. It was miserable. But in 10 days, I lost 22 pounds of fat. It was great. I'll Holy never shit. do it again. <laughs> so, uh, but it, once again, it can and will kill you if you are careless. There and is so... apparently a somewhat less lethal drug called CRMP, I think. I have it bookmarked somewhere. I haven't looked into it too much. Canadian Royal. Okay. Canadian Royal Mounted Police. Hmm. Something like that. I think those are the correct uh, initials. But, anyways, I'll I'll check back with you guys. On that front next week, and I'll see if Stephanie can get an interview with Dr. Tony. Dude, I want to get huge in here. <laughs> we got to get huge in here both ways. Get Tony huge in the building and get huge in the gym. All right. So the IO panel does not advise taking any illegal or illicit drugs to get big, to get huge, or to get swole. Okay? So please don't do it. Okay? To all three of our listeners, don't do it. All right. Please just diet like normal people. Stick to keto. Don't do it. None of us are going to do it. I swear. <laughs> um. All right, Evan. What do you got for us? Um. Yeah. Extra section. Just a couple things. Uh. First link I have here. I called gaming the system. A U.S. based band called Wolfpack. 
I don't. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. I assume also it is a weird way of spelling Wolfpack. Has um, made twenty thousand dollars from effectively nothing. So what they did was they wanted to go on tour and give their fans free shows, but they didn't have the money to do so. So they used Spotify to release a ten-track album of silence. Each of the tracks was thirty-one to thirty-two seconds long. Because 30 seconds is the minimum track length that Spotify will recognize as a play or a stream. So they reached out to their fans and asked them to stream this album on repeat as they slept. So, you know, it's silent. It wouldn't disturb them or anything. While this was happening, they were building up that money. So 100 streams is uh, 70 cents. Doesn't seem like a lot. With a bunch of fans over time, constantly streaming for, say, six to eight hours a night per person, they uh, were able to get $20,000 before Spotify took their album off without giving an explanation. Uh, but they do, they will be using this money to keep their promise and go on tour for their fans and give free shows. So I thought that was kind of cool. Cool hack, bro. Yep. <laughs> uh, the second two links I have dead weight because uh, I'm incarnating Carl here. Who needs it? A very large piece of the Larson Sea ice shelf in Antarctica is about to fall off. And by very large, I mean roughly half the size of the state of Connecticut is about to be drifting in the Southern Ocean. Uh, or oceans, depending on where it actually is. So I was like, that, that might be a pretty big deal. You know, Chile probably does not want half of Connecticut uh, scraping up its coast. But, you know, apparently with the currents and uh, reefs and other, you know, sub suboceanic phenomenon, ridges and whatnot, it's probably unlikely to actually impact land anywhere significant. Although, if there's some tiny islands out there, they might be fucked. Um, but the... So the first link, dead weight, is about the topic in general. The second link is about what happens when a huge chunk of ice breaks off of a, of a continent like this and is loose in the ocean. Uh, it's not as drastic or disastrous as you might think. Probably. So, interesting reads. They're not very long. Probably take a couple minutes. Hmm. Very cool. All right. Mink, what do you got? So I've got a couple things here. First one is about uh we talked about this a while a while back. It's kind of a follow up. The uh the discs of trash that were yes. washing yeah. up on the beach down in North Carolina in the Outer Banks. So it looks like they did an investigation and they traced them to a, um, from the USS Whidbay Island. This is a dock landing ship, home ported, home ported at Joint Expeditionary Base Little Creek. So um, does, does it say what ace. kind of vessel it is? A landing? No. Wait. Landing like, is ship? It? That's probably one of those ships that... Like a supply ship, those uh, or an aircraft carrier. 
No, I mean, a landing ship is that ship that has, it's like, a, it looks like a destroyer, but it opens up in the bottom and the semi, not submersible, but the, the amphibious troop transports come out of them. Hmm. Um, oh. Those oh, Marine okay. Corps, like, they look like um, the Marine Corps troop transports that people can get in. Yeah. That's what, they, that's what they're talking about. Oh, okay. About. Well, there you go. So it came from one of those, and they contacted the ship, and a sailor admitted to throwing the discs overboard in violation of Navy regulations. Was he like, it looked cool, bro. I want to see anything I could skip. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing giant pogs, gentlemen. Who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Mystery solved, sort of. That's a paddling. Um, next up, I just have a story about, so another, another, some more airline news, a, on an American Airlines flight, a guy had requested, I guess when you book your ticket or whatever, if you need a special accommodation, they will, you know, do what they can. So this guy, he said he needed a wheelchair, right? Because apparently he's a double amputee. He's missing both his feet. Um, he was, but it got he got there to check into the plane and they didn't have it. And he asked them like, "Oh, do you guys have it?" You know, like basically they said, "No, sorry, we don't have it." So he's like, "Great." So he kind of hobbled his way onto the plane, and. While they were in flight, the he asked the stewardess for some water or something. I don't know. Whatever it was, I don't know. They were ignoring him or the whatever it was. So he ended. He had finally ended up getting up and like going to like the back of the plane, like where the galley is, to see if he could talk to someone else just to get some water because he wanted to like take his pills or whatever. And and they like freaked out. And they're like, he's he's drunk and belligerent. <laughs> they landed the plane somewhere else. The cops came and got him off the plane. And they're talking to him in the airport. And they're like, wait a sec, this guy's not drunk. They're like, what the hell's going on? So, and they even did, like, field sobriety tests, all that stuff. Hadn't had a drop of alcohol. They're just being fucking dicks. Awesome. He walks funny because he's a double amputee. Yeah. Way to go, American Airlines. Again. See, that's see what I was telling you before? Good and excellent. You get on Ameri- you get on the airplane and you get there. Good. You made it. Excellent. You get there and you have a great experience. That's excellent. We don't do excellent very well in the United States. No. We we, we everything here is just making it. Bare minimum. Um, this wasn't even that. Fly Qantas, everyone. Probably fly, fly Air Japan or whatever. Or em- Air uh, Emirates. Or, or Emirates, yeah. Yep. So, that's all I had. Um, anyone listening, if you want to read more about that, I put the link in the uh, extra section down here in the show notes. So, just check that out. I wonder how many people actually look at these show notes for the information or if they just listen and take our word for it. Any feedback on that? 
I don't think anybody actually looks at them. Hmm. That's a shame. Maybe Ed does. Thanks, Ed. Best fan. Best fan. Breast f- fan. I don't know. He probably likes them. Breast man. Best fan. There you go. Breast milk. The best milk. <laughs> Let's let me jump into my thing and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, so quickly, and I, I'm not going to go. I don't have a link or anything. I just put this in here as a reminder for myself. Um, this week we have apparently uh, pulled out of the Paris Accords. Uh, if you don't know what those are, it's basically an agreement between a shit ton of countries, some hundred odd countries saying, hey, we're going to do better with environment and try to back down our emissions over time. It's pretty and, much every country on the planet except two. Yeah. Um, and Russia actually signed it also. So um, probably the two is like North Korea and like the People's Republic of fucking some African shithole. I know? did not count North Korea. I, I apologize. So except three. It's like I think Venezuela and Somalia did not sign yeah, they don't. Have, Venezuela barely has a government right now. Somalia is just like I'm the captain. That's all I have going on right now. <laughs> and the North Korea is North Korea, you know. So of course, and then of course now we've backed out of it. So, um, I I want to do more study on this. Uh, I wanted to talk about it today in depth, but I couldn't find something that really summarizes it enough for someone like me to just process it. So I'll go back into it next week. You know, I think because I think there's a deep story here, and there's two sides to this. Is like is the is the Paris Accord good? Is it good for America? That's what Bush is Trump is claiming that it's not good for America. It's a bad deal all around. Um, I think it's probably bad for business. It's bad for corporations. But I don't want to talk too much about that because I just don't know. And I want to I want to make sure I can come to you guys with an educated point of view. I don't know what you guys think about it, but I just thought of something. If you don't know about it, you should know about it. You should be looking at it. This is important um, because it could mean a lot in the way that the, com- the country is seen, if that matters to you. And also the biggest thing in, in you know, our impact on this world. So I have a couple of things to say about that before we head out. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I would be interested to hear what you have to say about it next week. Second of all, it's a, a allegedly a non-binding agreement. So there's nothing saying that any yeah, exactly. United States business has to do anything. There are incentives or there would be incentives in place should they take actions to lower their, you know, waste or emissions or whatever it may be. Um, and I forgot what the third thing was. Sorry. That's all right. I mean, that's that's a very important point, actually, that it's non-binding, you know? So there's no, like, we don't have to back out of it. Like, you know, we could just say, fuck it, we're not going to do anything about it. You know, which, like, dude, you think Russia's going to be like, all right, let's do what it, no, they're not going to do that, you know? To, 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 to back out of it is making a statement, you know? Yeah. Oh, so, I remember the third thing. Uh, apparently, um, between an, an article that I saw the headline on said 180, uh, maybe 181 mayors uh, across the U.S. Are there that many? Or are there like, there's one governor per state, but there's a bunch of mayors per like yeah, county and stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
So a whole shitload of mayors were like, okay, well, whatever he, you know, pulled out of, heh, uh, we're still going to like make significant efforts to improve our, our waste and combat global warming. So even though the head of the administration says it's no good, you know, a bunch of people in local government are saying, uh, we still kind of like this, so we're going to participate as much as we can. Yeah, see, I think that I think that uh, sadly, I think a lot of people are doing things like that because Trump wants to do the opposite. You know, if governors said that, then I think it'd have more impact. You know, it's I'm glad. Do you but know, hundred eighty. It's like it's just like three out of three out of three million. Yeah, but I mean, those are the people the people who are in power over certain districts. Yeah. So it, it means something, but I would like to take this way back to the early nineties, I believe perhaps the mid nineties with the great film biodome. Uh, and the message from that uh, is think globally, act locally. Oh, and that's all I have to say about that. How nice. Thank you, Polly Shore. You're welcome. And thank you, Evan and Bill Burr. (laughs) (laughs) Michael, you got anything or are you good? I'm good. All right. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So, fellas, that's it for episode 61. It's been an absolute pleasure serving you guys this hot podcast goodness this week. Uh, You can check us online at at islepanelpodcast.com. And on Facebook at the IO Panel Podcast or just IO Panel Podcast, IO Panel Podcast, um, and on Twitter at IO Panel Podcast. Is that right? That's All correct. Those, correct. Look yeah. at that. I muddled my way three for three. <laughs> <laughs> I tottered through. <laughs> I was good. I was good enough. So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you next week and. Uh, As always, have a nice day.